Hey guys, what's up? Hey, are you talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. So uh, I, I'm Marco. Uh, I'm Carolina. And I am Daniel. If you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Yes. It's called um, uh, Feature Length, I think is what we decided on. The Feature Length Podcast, yes. What is the Feature Length Podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer! I guess I guess I'll be the host. I guess I'll be the host because technically I have the most podcast experience. Technically. Really? Hey guys, what's up? I have notes, but they're all just like question marks and exclamation points. And like, I don't even know what they mean. Hello, listeners. <laughs> what listeners? This is a very serious and very novel idea that no one's ever done before. This is going to be a freewheeling episode for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. absolutely. This is so long. I'm so sorry. Everyone strap in. So how many discs do you have? So I have 28 discs of various Friday the 13th movies. Marco in 2021. <laughs> this movie is essentially the Schindler's List of musicals. Whoa, Marco, Dan, and Carolina in the same Zoom call? What is this? A recording session for the feature length podcast? Am I Jimmy Stewart in a 1946 Christmas movie? Because it's a wonderful life. Like, I truly, I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God, I could not make this shit up. It sounds so <laughs> stupid hearing that. <laughs> Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. I have to praise this movie for representing a victory for passionate filmmakers, regardless of their skill or relatability. It's just, it's so enjoyable. Like, no part of it is dull. I had such a great time. Like, there's so much to say, but also nothing to say because, like, it's just, it's like an amazing movie. Perhaps that is the best testament to the legacy of any film. Okay, guys, I have a good way to start off every episode, okay? Okay. Okay. I found an online uh, star date, like, calculator. Do you guys know what star dates are? Star yeah. dates? I have no you know, idea like, what that Trek is. You know, like, Star Trek years? Yeah, you know, you know from, like, Star Trek, uh, every episode, like, the captain's always like, captain's log, star date, whatever. Uh, right, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, I found an online converter, so maybe we can start with the, we'll start star with the star date. date. Star date minus three zero one four three three. Well, guys, I just checked the release date of our first episode of the Feature Length Podcast. Apparently, we've been doing this for a whole year now. Seriously? It does not feel like it's been a year already. I think we should definitely focus on a special topic for our one-year anniversary. For sure, but like, what could possibly be a feasible choice that's worthy of the one-year spot? Maybe the Dark Knight trilogy? Or what about Interstellar? Ooh, also a good choice. I'm seeing a Christopher Nolan theme here, perhaps? Wait a minute, guys. The answer is staring us in the face. A classic trilogy that one of us has never fully seen, so it falls in line with our trusty style here on the show. Okay, so what is it? Yeah, what is it? One year. That is the amount of time that has passed us by as we have sat here doing God's work of casually <laughs> discussing entertainment for the masses. Only about half of that is true. But nevertheless, <laughs> here we are one year later. Welcome to the Feature Length Podcast. 
First and foremost, we would like to send out a huge thank you to anyone listening at all, because as we mentioned after the release of our very first episode, we were expecting zero viewership, and the fact that we have been getting anything above that is a pleasant surprise. So thank you, dear listeners. This show is above all else a creative outlet for us, and a chance to record the types of conversations we like to have simply as friends anyway. So the FLP has been and continues to be a very fun element of our lives. A year in, and we still look forward to recording new episodes. The show has also been the perfect excuse to watch some films and series we may not have otherwise gotten to, and also some we may have been too embarrassed to watch for any other reason. It's the perfect sweet spot. All in all, we would like to once again thank anyone who has joined us along the way in generously listening to what we have to say. On this special episode, we've decided to talk about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, a series that was both a blockbuster hit and a cult classic for some. Carolina had not seen the last two films before this week and takes the role of the newcomer to this series. Marco and I are veterans of the trilogy and have done a recent rewatch in preparation. This is normally the section of the intro where a summary is in order, but I don't think that's really necessary in this case. It's Spider-Man, I'm sure you get the idea. A high school boy gets bitten by a spider, develops superpowers, and ultimately becomes a web-slinging superhero. It is undeniable that Sam Raimi's trilogy helped spark the modern flame that is the world of comic book film adaptations. This series, along with the concurrent X-Men film series of the time, rejuvenated Marvel Studios and was largely responsible for the eventual inception of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The renaissance of superhero films, their expectations, and their production quality has come a long way, and Spider-Man was a big factor in that change. From the moment you first see the flickering comic book Marvel logo and hear Danny Elfman's iconic score to the moment when Peter Parker eats half a hot dog in one bite, to the moment when Eric Foreman from That 70s Show jumps into an explosion and dies. These movies are classics and are for us a welcome choice for the topic of this episode. We're your hosts, Carolina, Marco, and Daniel, and you're listening to the Feature Length Podcast. (laughs) Happy one year, guys. Happy one year. One year. Chocolate cigars, crack them open. (laughs) That star date took me back. I know. (laughs) I totally forgot about it. Literally stopped doing it after like the third episode. (laughs) Yeah. We really tried. And it's back. (laughs) For another three episodes. Probably. <laughs> They're actually eating chocolate cigars for, for the record. <laughs> They're so fucking. I don't know if this is coming through the mic. <laughs> yeah. It's like Chew EMSR. really close, yeah. <laughs> EMSR. Yeah. Oh my god. Guys, we did it. One whole year. Woo! Feels good, doesn't it? It does. It does. I mean, we all forgot when the one year was. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just because it wasn't even like on my radar. I, was like, I thought it was year, late August like, for Yeah, I was like, th- yeah. that doesn't even make sense. We've been doing this for a year. Mm-hmm. I also have a little idea that we should, like, before we start talking about the movies that we're here to talk about, because mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about this in person a little bit. Do you guys want to talk about our favorite and least favorite episodes so far? <laughs> sure. Just real quick? Sure. Oh, my God. Let me right. pull up our feed. <laughs> um, I will go. Well, I think I know my least favorite because we already kind of talked about it. We'll do least favorite first. Um, least favorite because, like, in what way? Like you dislike the episode or the thing we watched? Just any way that it's your least favorite to okay. listen yeah. to. Okay. So for me, the one that was my least favorite, and I'm only basing it on just the recording experience, was when we did um, Doctor Sleep and The Shining. 
just because that's when we were having all the Wi-Fi issues and stuff, and so it was just, like, an awful <laughs> experience of constantly, like, freezing and trying to record that episode. What a mess. So, uh, yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, so I would say that's my least favorite, but I still think it's a good episode. Carol, do you want to go next? Oh, least favorite is so hard. I'm sure there were some that I disliked the most. Okay. I'm going to go with, can I say favorite first? I know we're doing sure. least favorite, okay. but I need to think about it longer. I'm switching it up. Um, my favorite is the Lord of the Rings trilogy, simply because Ooh. I just remember, like that was our first episode in case anyone didn't know. I just mm. remember the energy when we were recording it. I was like in the smallest room of my home with all the windows closed and the door closed. And I was sweating as if I was in a sauna, but I was having so much fun and I was so yeah. energized. Um, and yeah, I'll never, never forget that feeling. And I will think about um, bad memories while I try to pick a bad episode while you guys say <laughs> the other ones. Dan? Okay. Uh, my least ep- my least favorite episode, I was also going to say the Dr. Sleep one like we talked about earlier, but I, I've actually changed my mind. I think it's the School of Rock episode. Mm. Only because with a comedy, like, and we, like, we recognize this, it's kind of hard to not just laugh at the movie. Like, yeah. it, it was a funny movie and we're just kind of laughing along with the jokes. I think it was a different case with our previous episode on Booksmart and Superbad because we mix it up with two movies that aren't in the same series but like share a lot of qualities and we went into discussion with that a lot but um with the school of rock episode it was just like the one movie it was just like talking about how funny everything was and it was a good time but i think it that's why it's my least favorite out of all of our discussions all right fair enough so uh marco what's your favorite then uh it's mother uh, that movie really? was oh, okay. so painful to watch, but I just feel like that episode was, like, like the amount of, like, laughs, like, genuine laughs that we had the entire time. It's just, like, the conversation we had and, like, just the, the imagery we were trying to figure out. Yeah, I just think that episode was, like, so much fun overall. Uh-oh. Both to record, sorry, and just, like, even just, like, listening back to it. It's just hilarious. That was a great episode because there was a lot of laughs, but also a lot of good film discussion. It was a great yeah. balance of both. Yeah. Okay, so Carol, what's your least favorite? <laughs> uh, I think it has to be Bojack Horseman simply because, which is our latest episode. Or I mean, I guess maybe not when this comes out. We'll no, figure second it out. Latest, but yeah. yeah. Um, probably Bojack Horseman because right before it, I was like recording at my friend's house and I forgot my laptop to record <laughs> the episode. And so I was just like running back and forth all day mm-hmm. and I was sweaty and chaotic. Um, and so I think just it took me a minute to like get in the podcast recording headspace when I did finally arrive at my recording place with all the necessary items. Um, and then also kind of similarly to the School of Rock thing, because it was a funny show, it was mostly just us like saying jokes. And I think it's still really entertaining. Um, and I do love the episode, um, probably because I've seen BoJack and I'm able to like just listen to us repeating the jokes yeah. and laugh along. Um, but yeah, so that's probably my least favorite, but I've also still beloved. Beloved? Beloved? Beloved. Beloved? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> my beloved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my m- my most favorite, I'm, I'm a little confused because we've been alternating. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite episode is, I think, our Friday the 13th episode. Ooh. That is still, like, that's a solid episode. Yeah. Good times. Oh, I forgot we made Carol film. watch the first four or five. How Two. Many? 
You only watched the first two? Yeah. I think that's all I had time for, and you guys were like, that's Not fine. that it matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I watched three. I, I feel and like And I've never I seen the more. first one. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I mean, talking about, since we're, like, reflecting a little bit, like, we sure, started yeah. this podcast, like, as an attempt to, like, do something and hang out during the pandemic. And now we're at a point where, like, we can literally, like, Dan and I are in the same room recording. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Yeah. And also, um, what was my other point? Oh, the pandemic <laughs> happened literally right after our Friday the 13th. And now, like, we're vaxxed and starting to hang out. And there's oh, a Friday the 13th coming out. Oh, oh in re- like, Friday, the real Friday the 13th. 13th. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, the pandemic was happening long before yeah, that Yeah, the one before that. Out. Yeah, because I was at I was here at Marco's with a friend Angelo watching yeah the Friday the Thirteenth movies shortly before it all went down. That's right. Oof. And we were like, <laughs> and we looked in one of our old chats and we're like, all right, guys, so like in in March or whatever, there's another Friday the Thirteenth. Let's plan to continue the series then, and that's when everything yeah went to shit. It was so. really funny. Yeah. Um. But should we talk about Spider Man? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's finally time. Should we? We've done enough reflecting. Okay, I would like to kick this off. I know typically we let the person who hasn't seen the thing kick it off, but I know Carol's going to shit on this, so I just let me get out my happy thoughts. You don't <laughs> and then, know and then we that. Can shit on <laughs> um, so, listen. I cannot speak objectively about these movies. It is like, it's impossible for me to have a conversation about these movies and not relate it back to the first time that I watched a movie, like, superhero movie, but also a movie, was literally, like, Spider-Man in the theaters. Like, Spider-Man 2002 with Tobey Maguire is the first movie that I ever saw. Huh. Um, yeah, that was my first... Wait, it was the first movie you ever saw in theaters ever? Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Okay, yeah. shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my that was my main one. So, yeah, like, I obviously have a lot of nostalgia for this franchise, so that's what makes it hard for me to talk about it objectively but i think these movies are a lot of fun and also the thing that i think about them that i want to say that is positive is like i think sam raimi specifically was trying to go for like an adaptation of like 1960s stanley original like soap opera spider-man and i think like he nails that and you know it it's it's silly but like i think it's intentionally silly and then also the other thing is just like like dan you were alluding to like when this movie came out and how influential it was like for me i think of superhero movies in terms of like pre chris nolan and post chris nolan and i feel like this is the best pre chris nolan type of superhero movie because like pre chris nolan they were all about like, let's take the experience of reading a comic book and putting it on film. And I feel like post-Chris Nolan, it was about, let's take, like, a distillation of char- of these characters and put that on film. Which I think makes for, like, better movies and, like, <laughs> like actual movies with, like, characters that, like, grow and have, like, plots that make sense. Um, but in terms of, like, the pre-era of just trying to capture, like, what the comic books feel like and putting them on screen, I feel like this one still, to me, is, like, the best version of it in terms of, I think it nails, like, 1960s, cheesy, silly Spider-Man. Um, and I love these movies, and I watch these movies all the time, 
and I know that they don't age well, and Macy Gray's in the first one, and there's a Nickelback <laughs> song at some point, and, you know, I know, I get all that, I totally get all that, I know all the performances are cringy and awful, like, I, I am fully aware, but I just think for what they were trying to go for, and the time period it came out, and obviously, like, having that connection to it, I love watching these movies, I watch these movies all the time, um, and I think there is something, like, special, and I also do think... Like, Dan, you brought up X-Men, for example, the original X-Men trilogy. Like, I couldn't show my 14-year-old brother the X-Men trilogy. He would be bored out of his fucking mind. He'd be like, what are we watching right now? Like, they're, they're so, like, they don't work in a modern way. Um, even, like, Chris Reeve's Superman, which I think is great, I tried showing it to him, and he could not get into it. Like, Batman 89, he was kind of like, he's like, what? Like, this isn't Batman. Like, what is this? This is weird. But this is the only one that I feel like, even though he's seen MCU Spider-Man, like, he can still go back to this and appreciate it because it is such its own specific thing, um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I like to say that. And then I'd also, just the last thing I like to say, <laughs> it, it is kind of unfortunate that because this movie so literally adapted, like, that part of Spider-Man and, like, Spider-Man's origin and yada yada, that every reboot we've gotten has had to like sidestep that and it's kind of fucked with those movies i think the mcu has done a decent job like in terms of getting around that but like the andrew garfield movies yeah <laughs> like you they were literally those movies are stylistically designed to just be the not toby Maguire spider-man movies and it, it's not yeah it doesn't work they were kind of doomed to fail exactly so anyway those are my thoughts go ahead okay so do we want to now that we've flipped the script on its head do we want maybe dan to go and then i'll tie it all together with my thoughts that may not be as first time sure yeah (laughs) not as nostalgic i'll I'll just say that yeah i think i'll make a nice bridge exactly because like i don't i certainly don't hate these movies i love the existence of these movies Mm -hmm. mostly for ironic reasons but nevertheless (laughs) i've watched these movies a bunch of times it was the first superhero series I've ever watched. Not, I can't say it's the first movie I've ever watched in a theater, but definitely the first uh, superhero series I've ever watched. And you were talking about, you brought up X-Men again. When I was a kid, I definitely didn't care about the X-Men yeah, series. Yeah. But this one, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, I really cared about. I appreciate some things unironically about these movies. I yeah. do appreciate, like, it goes without saying, out of all Spider-Man adapta- live-action adaptations these have been the most stylized from their director 100 percent. and for the record my favorite live action spider-man is tom holland so even like like me being a tom holland spider-man fan i can appreciate sam raimi stylized his spider-man movies the most out of any director so Mm far um so i love that it never feels like it never feels like for example venom just a generic (laughs) comic book movie that is like like just so shit like a cash grab (laughs) yes it never felt like a cash grab even though these movies made a lot of money yeah a lot of money and sometimes the writing does feel a little bit generic like maybe more so when you take off the rose tinted goggles um especially on this last rewatch that came through a lot and we'll talk about that but style wise you have to appreciate the work that was done here um but in pretty much every other regard um (laughs) not everything has aged too well uh 
I mostly just watch these movies now with a group of friends to like <laughs> laugh at all of the memes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'll leave it there for now. Um, and we'll, we'll finish off with, with Carol's new coming opinion. Yeah, so um, I had only seen the first film in this franchise, um, and actually I had only seen it like a few months ago, no, maybe January, so like half a year ago, mm-hmm. um, uh, because I was on a, I don't know if this is TMI for a podcast, but it was a virtual date with a dude, and he said this was his favorite movie ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I the don't think one? I went on any t- virtual dates yeah. with him <laughs> not because of this movie um but it didn't help <laughs> um yeah so i saw the first one and it was long also i think because i did see the andrew garfield ones when they came out so he wasn't even like the first spider-man i knew but like tom holland is definitely what i like picture when i think of a movie spider-man now simply right. because even just like the age seems right like obviously i'm not a big comic book person so i'm not like he has to be in high school like i don't know i don't care about it that much but it's weird to see a 27 year old or whatever the fuck toby Maguire was walking through this high school a 40 year old uh, man like yeah fighting other like 26 year old men and yeah. we're supposed to pretend that they're, like, graduating. I know. Um, it's really hard to get over. Um, and it's not even like they're doing it in a campy way. Like, they really want us to believe that they're young, and I think that made it worse. Um, and also, like, why are his aunt and uncle so, so old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a like comic geriatric. book holdover. Yeah, that makes no sense. It's like they're not his grandparents. Yeah, it's so weird because it's like he, like Stanley, wants them to be his grandparents, but like he likes the sound of like Aunt May and Uncle Ben better. But it doesn't make any sense. Like, I know. In they're my so notes, weird. I kept writing like Grandpa and Grandma, and I had to like go back and erase yeah. it to change it to Aunt. Anyway, yeah. So like the ages were weird, and I felt that like Spider Man and Mary Jane didn't have any chemistry at all. Yes. And I feel like the only person who did a good job acting-wise um, was Green Goblin in the first one. Yep. I mean, honestly, it was usually the villains that did a good job, and everyone yes. else, not great. So that was also tough to get around. Absolutely. I'm a sucker for any movie in, set in New York, so like at least that got me. Like, Kudos to them for that. That's only like 90% of movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like... They were fine. I just, they felt like they were never ending, and I feel like that's never a good sign. So that's why I can't come out and say I loved them and had a great time. They were funny because I was like laughing at them, but obviously that wasn't the point. So also not a a point to the movie. But like, I I understand why like kids growing up with this as the Spider Man would have enjoyed it. Obviously, me coming to it as a 24 year old woman with no attachment to to spider-man was gonna have a different experience so you know they kind of had that against them but they were they were good they were funny i now understand the memes um but spider-man <laughs> 3 made me want to die we'll get into yeah. it <laughs> so let me just say first of all i don't disagree with anything you just said clearly. yeah like everything i mean you i didn't said think you would i understand yeah. yeah yeah um 
I, I will say one thing that I, I don't know, like, I don't know how to feel about either way, is, I like, you said you don't know if these movies are, like, intentionally, like, trying to be laughed at, <laughs> and I think, think they might be. Like, as a kid, I don't think so. I think these yeah. movies operate on this level, which is, when you're a kid, these are, like, fucking the most serious, dramatic, like, what's Peter gonna do? Like, superhero <laughs> movies. But I kind of do think, like... Going back to the idea that, like, Sam, or, um, Stan Lee always thought of Spider-Man as just, like, a dumb soap opera. That was, like, his whole idea. Yeah. I kind of feel like Sam Raimi intentionally made these movies, like, kind of dumb. Because, again, like, these movies came out at the time of X-Men, which was all about... And Blade, which were all about, like, fucking serious. Like, this is, like, serious superhero... Like, serious, quote-unquote, superhero movies. And this movie goes so far in the other direction. And <laughs> Sam Raimi is, like, so well-known for, like, campy horror movies and stuff that I almost feel like it's, it is supposed to be dumb. Like, the raindrops fall, are falling on my head sequence <laughs> is a joke. Like, that is... You're supposed oh, to laugh at yeah. that. And I feel like a lot of the things... You are supposed to laugh at the memes. No, I mean you can't predict that those would have been like I'm something of a scientist myself. That wasn't <laughs> like an intentional, intentional joke, but it's just it's become a joke. But I think a lot of the camp is probably on purpose. Not that it like excuses anything, but like you're saying, Dan, I think it's a stylistic choice, and I think this era of superhero movies was way more concerned with like style over character substance. So I I think think that also I just want to point out. Like, I have no problem defending that I think there are legitimately good things in Spider-Man 1 and 2. Not consistently, but I think there are good moments. Spider-Man 3 is a dumpster fire. There is, like, I can... It really is. I can unironically enjoy parts of Spider-Man 1 and 2. I really can. We talked about this and we'll get into it, but, like, the origin aspects of Spider-Man 1... I think they hold yeah, up. Yeah, we have to talk about that yeah. for sure. Um, Spider-Man 2, like, in general, the plot mechanics and the villain and all that, I think that holds up decent. J. Jonah Jameson, great. Uh, oh, yeah. But, Actually, yeah, he realistically has the best performance yeah. out of anyone. That being said, though, and, like, we'll get into all that, but, like, once you get to Spider-Man 3, it is just, like, I only can watch that movie for the memes. Like, yes. there's nothing else in that it movie. It exists brutal. on no other level. <laughs> and, like, I don't know if you guys know any of the behind the scenes. Like, when we get there, we can talk about it. It's just sad. It's just sad what happened. Yeah, like, uh, with the company forcing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we get there. Um, also, though, Carol, yes. before we jump into the movies now, how excited are you for the live-action Spider-Verse movie that's definitely going to happen <laughs> with Tom Holland and Toby and Andrew? That's going to be fucking rad. That yeah, I'm very excited for that. Um, I I mean, if I was Toby Maguire, I don't know if I'd sign up for it, but it will be hilarious to watch. <laughs> I I am so pumped. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. If only a trailer would come out. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Yeah, All right. Anyway. Into the back films, to the actual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, L- like with every series you talk about, I guess we'll try and start to go in order. It's gonna fall apart, I'm sure, yeah. by like halfway through, but. Yeah. Starting with the first movie, do we want to talk about, because we were mentioning the origin stuff. I think yeah. we should yeah. start there. Okay, let's go for it. Um, so when Marco and I were watching this last last week, I think, yeah. um, Crazy we time, were right? talking about... <laughs> pardon? That was before we knew we were doing this episode. Wild. I know. Yeah, I know. We just, like, happened to. <laughs> well, we had all these, like, during COVID, we came up with, like, a list of things that we needed to watch yeah. and we could hang out. Yeah. So and that was at the top of the that list. That was the top of the list. Yeah. We um, but Marco made a good point of and this is something i've never especially as a kid never like paid attention to or anything but 
the first movie does a good job executing on the origin stuff a lot. Not all of it. Like, we also talked about when we were watching, we are like, wow, it really rushes through Peter before getting bit by the spider. Like, that happens, like, right away. Faster than I remember it happening. Um, so we kind of wished that it spent more time with normal Peter to, like, then when you have Peter, like, turning into Spider-Man, it's more of a transition. It's, like, it's more of a contrast. But it does really rush into that. But then the um, movie would have been longer. <laughs> it was already so yeah, long. Yeah, well, that's true. Like other stuff. You should've, they should have cut out other stuff. It, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, like, maybe the Macy Gray part. Yeah, maybe that entire Macy Gray sequence. Um, but the actual origin, like, when we get to the Uncle Ben dying and stuff, yeah. and, like, that whole sequence is really exciting, and, and that sort of stuff is done actually pretty well. Um, we also have to mention, though, this is the only Spider-Man adaptation without web shooters. Mm. So, like, um, as a kid, I really didn't care because I didn't know the difference. And, like, I also... I didn't know the difference because I didn't even know that Spider-Man from the comics um, didn't have, or like had web shooters. I thought this was like how he actually was in the comics, like he had organic mm. webbing. Me too. That was only something that I realized growing up and when the new Spider-Man movies came out yeah. that he like had to invent them, which I prefer. I prefer him using his intelligence to like make another superpower for himself, I guess. But, Marco, you had a good point when we were watching. Yeah, no, I just, like, I'm with you, because this was my first introduction to, like, not just Spider-Man superheroes, right? But so, I always thought he had organic, and it wasn't until when I was a little bit older and I started watching, like, the 90s, like, animated series, um, that I realized he had web shooters. And it's it's a little weird to me, just because it's, like... He has all the powers of a spider, but also he needs to, like, create this one other thing for himself. And I get what you're saying, and, like, in a modern context of, like, using that as a character beat, of, like, him making the web cheater shows how smart he is, that's fine. But it's just weird to me that, like, in 1960, when Stan Lee was writing it, and, like, that was not at all the intention. Like, look how smart he is. It's just, like... And also, he had to create, like, webs for himself, because he just didn't get webs. And it was just, I don't know, it's a weird choice. And I, I totally get why, in, like, your first live-action adaptation, they would be like, let's just do a woo. Like, let's just cut that yeah. out. He gets bit by a spider, he gets his spider powers. Yeah, no, no you know I, I, mean? I agree yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, my whole yeah. thing is, why couldn't Stanley write it so that he could make webs, but maybe he needs something to propel them like he does? Because, like, spiders don't shoot their webs you know across a whole city so i would understand yeah. if it was like he needs to find a way to propel this stuff but the fact that he couldn't make it at all doesn't seem like it should be part of the canon but obviously we're not actually talking about the comics we're talking about the films and like yeah. good job for the films for changing it for one movie yeah one, one series <laughs> dude if all the spider-man meet you know there's gonna be a moment where toby's gonna be like oh you guys need web yeah. shooters like i i just yeah. like shoot the webs <laughs> Yeah, but um, what you were talking about, like, I think most, the majority of the origin stuff in this is pretty good. Um, like we said, because, like, we don't spend as much time with Peter before he gets bit, all the, like, Peter's getting bullied is rushed yeah. <laughs> into, like, one scene, and it's so freaking weird. <laughs> it's so shallow, dude. Yeah, it's so shallow. Doesn't he do a backflip? After his oh, bit? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's an insane scene. But also, I think one that I had seen before watching the movie because I remember when I did watch it, I was like, "Oh, this seems familiar." 
I hate. Yeah. I still don't like it, but it seems familiar. Well, you know what I don't like about it? It's not that he does a backflip. It's that he does like six rotations in the air yeah. before he like if he just flipped over him, I would be totally fine with him. But he's like fucking sitting up there flipping yeah. like clearly on wires, and it's like it looks like shit. Yeah, the guy's is learning his powers. Yeah, he's learning, he's learning <laughs> his powers. I don't but care how strong think... you are, you can't levitate in no, the air and yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but in terms of like, I think the origin stuff that works mostly is just like most of the character beats in terms of the origin stuff and like you talked about like it, it really hits the moments like the great power great responsibility moment which is like as iconic to spider-man as like batman falling down the well you know what i mean like it is like or his like, parents died or his parents <laughs> that was a better yeah, his parents. i don't know why i picked falling down the well i guess <laughs> it's more comparable to uncle ben dying yeah i guess um but yeah like i feel like they nail that and they nail it like so well that then when you get to like amazing spider-man there's just like a 20 minute scene where martin sheen is like sometimes people can do things and if they do things they have a moral obligation to do them because if they don't do them then maybe bad things that are immoral would happen and it just goes on for like 20 minutes and it's like oh you just don't want to say the line but also like just say the line that's fine you know it's an iconic line like why would you not say the line and that's why because none of the other spider-man movies use it and that's why when we were watching i turned to marco and i was like is the great power great responsibility line from the movie and he was like no that's from the comics i'd always thought it was from the sam raimi movies because it's the only one that's ever used that so i'm confused why all the other movies refuse to use it if it was a comic thing and not like the sam raimi thing i have no idea and it's weird because i feel like the spider-man movies in particular have taken this stance of like if the Tobey Maguire movies did it, we can't. We can't. Ever we do will that. not do it. Yes. You know what I mean? We have to be different. But, you're but using it's so the weird because character, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at like other iterations of like characters, other iterations of James Bond, other iterations oh, of Batman, other iterations of Superman. Like, yeah, things change. But like, Batman's parents always die. You know what oh, I mean? Yes. Like, there are certain like great power, great responsibility. Like, is the iconic comic book standout from the Spider-Man origin. So I I don't know why they don't carry it over. It's it's a weird like I get in the MCU because they're just like bypassing that. It's like he's Spider-Man. Like he, yeah. he's already here. Like we don't. This want is to past his it. origin. Sure. Yeah, but <laughs> the Andrew Garfield movies it's it's a, a weird choice. And even like on that note of like if the Tobey Maguire movies did it, we can't. Like, I don't think... Because, okay, Green Goblin was the, obviously the villain of the first one. Then Doc Ock. Then Venom and Sandman and Hobgoblin. New Goblin, yeah. whatever. New Goblin, and It's not Hobgoblin. It's New Goblin. <laughs> and then you go to the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and it's Lizard and... Uh, Electro? Electro. Right. And the Green Goblin. Okay, so there was a repeat there. But, like, and then the Tom Holland one... Uh, Dane DeHaan turns into the Green Goblin. It's not really. It's like he's kind of the Green Goblin, kind of the Hobgoblin. He's just like an ugly monster. Yeah. Like he's Harry... I almost said Harry Potter. He's Harry Osborn. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. You're <laughs> a goblin, Harry. You're a goblin, Harry. Um, okay, anyway, and then the Tom Holland one is um, Vulture. Yeah. And then Mysterio. So, like, besides that repeat of the Green Goblin, every single villain has been different, and that I think that kind of goes along with they never want to like homage yeah. these past movies. Yeah. I can understand why they wouldn't want to with the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but even with these Tobey Maguire ones, like they never, they just want to completely forget that they existed. Yeah. Whereas we would have a lot more fun, and hopefully this 
Spider-Verse movie does come to fruition like we're assuming it is. But like we would have so much more fun acknowledging these movies. Even just like a little wink-wink moment. Oh, absolutely. All the fans would love that, I'm sure. And I think it goes a long way. Like... Because I know there is, like, so much contention on the internet between Spider-Man fans for some reason. (laughs) Even though I think everyone can kind of agree that, like, MCU is, like, objectively the best well-made. Toby, like, started it all. We have a lot of respect for it, whatever, whatever. Andrew... Always the worst. Always the worst. (laughs) Unfortunately, because it has such a good cast, but always the worst. Um, But, yeah, it's like there is this weird thing of, like, we can't acknowledge the other franchises. It's so weird. Like, it feels like they're they're not all owned by the same people. I know! Like, there's a rights issue, but there isn't. (laughs) That's the weird thing, too, is, like, I know Marvel is, like, creatively in charge of the MCU Spider-Man, but Sony Studios has produced and, like, made... Toby, Andrew, and Tom Holland. Yeah. How? How is yeah. that even possible? <laughs> so different. Yeah. But all for these for the same people. What I will say, though, to your point, um, one thing with the villains that I might, like, kind of understand, at least with some of them, like, with Green Goblin and Doc Ock, like, those were such iconic performances, I feel like. Yeah. That, like, yeah, I, I could kind of understand on one of those two, but it's weird to me, like, Sandman... Like, that's an iconic Spider-Man character that is, like, the third-string villain in Spider-Man 3. You could have totally used him again. Um, And it's also kind of funny because, like, Amazing Spider-Man's first villain is the Lizard, who was, like, constantly hinted at in Tobey movies. Well, he was going to be the next one. Yeah, he was going to be. And then also, Tom Holland's first movie is Vulture, and there is literally concept art from Spider-Man 4. Like, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 4 that was, like, in pre-production before Sony canceled it. And Sam Raimi, oh. like, found out he was fired, and the Vulture and Mysterio were going to be, like, villains. Wait, oh, Sam Raimi was fired? Yeah. On IMDb, were... it says he stepped down. No, 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 no. Ah, no, 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 no. We'll no, get no. there. Okay, okay. We'll I get just, there. Okay, uh, IMDb lied charming. on a few counts. We'll also get yeah. there. I have some weird facts that they okay. had on there that are very untrue. Yeah. Okay, but real quick, just because you mentioned Mysterio, also, the, uh... Bruce Campbell role in yes. all of the three Sam Raimi movies was leading up to a Mysterio thing as well. Yeah. Wait, who, which was one was like, Bruce Campbell? He's the guy that like shows up in each. Like he's the like ring announcer in the first one. Oh. He's the ma- um, the the guy the usher and then the mater D in the gotcha, third. One. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. So that was all going to be the same person. Yeah. He was the mater D at that French thing. restaurant. Yeah. Oh, that fucking dude. Oh my god, I love <laughs> about him. My- <laughs> My favorite, like, I know we're jumping ahead, but my favorite line from that scene is when, like, Peter's telling him his plan, and he just goes, oh, how romantic. I am French. <laughs> and it's just like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, okay. I like when he, first of all, I like when he blows the whistle and the pen comes to him on this little thing. Yeah. Um, but I also like when he takes the ring and goes, hello. <laughs> he, like, taps <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Anyway, that's Spider-Man 3. We're jumping ahead. Let's finish up the origin stuff. Here's what I like from the origin stuff, and you guys throw in there if you agree or disagree, okay? I appreciate the scene where he catches all the food with MJ. Oh, absolutely. Because Tobey Maguire did that in real life. That was a real stunt. So cool. I have a lot of respect for that. Although, Carol, like you mentioned, Tobey and Kristen Dunst have, like, the least chemistry I've ever seen of two actors on film. it was bad. Um, And... Yeah, it's just terrible, that those performances. But I like that scene. And then the scene that, like, always gets me, and we talked about this, because it's literally, like, my earliest memory in life, is, like, the scene where he runs into the alley and, like, figures out he can climb the wall. Yeah. I just feel like that scene is, like, 
so perfectly paced in terms of like even with the music sting of like he puts his hand on the wall and like the bump bump and then like he slowly climbs up the wall and even the camera reveal because it's like from up and then it comes down and you see him but then it gets really cringy because he does the woo and he just starts like (laughs) jumping around but like the first part of that i think is cool i like him failing at the web slinging and slamming into the wall um that's a staple of any origin yeah the great power great responsibility whole conversation with his uncle is i think like objectively just the best written scene and best acting in the movie like it just like or maybe not like best individual performance but like just in terms of like chemistry between two actors i I really like buy them in that scene um and then obviously his death and then the height moment of him like going to chase the guy and like having to web sling for the first time hunting this guy down it's just great it's such great like origin like hero's journey stuff i really love it yeah i think that's my favorite um scene like genuinely my favorite scene in the first movie is that chasing down the robber that uh, shot uncle ben scene but because you mentioned um like um the hero's journey thing it might okay i might be mentioning this a bit early because this is something to do with the end of the movie but you made a really good point of spider-man doesn't really use anything at the end yeah but like he doesn't use anything that he learned to defeat the villain yeah. Actually, you know, we haven't even talked about Green Goblin yet, so well, I'm, I'm going yeah. to put this yeah. aside. But we have to remember uh, to talk about that after. Yeah. Before we we'll finish up the origin conversation, I do want to mention, um, I I wrote initially in my notes that when he was like practice or like trying to web sling before he like ran into the wall, he was saying like, "Go web, fly up, up and away," <laughs> like just saying all the different catchphrases mm-hmm. to make it work. And I wrote them because I thought they were corny and then later found out that they're like directly from the comic book. So I apologize. I didn't just, it didn't. I didn't know that. It did not deserve my shitting on it, even in my own personal notes. So I want to give them that credit. Um, Just because something's from a comic doesn't mean you can't shit on it. Well, no, because I was like, why would they write that? That's dumb. But it's not their fault. It is dumb. Like, it is dumb. But it's the comic book's fault, so I can't... But it's also... I can't blame Sam Raimi. It's stylistically designed to be that way. Yeah. But also, like, they chose to include it. Well. And that was a dumb decision. Yeah. No, but I mean, going back to what we're talking about, right? Like, I think this movie is intentionally trying to be dumb sometimes, which, like, you know, like... But I, not that that, like, gives it a pass. Like, yay for this movie for trying to be dumb. But I just mean, like, it's not like it was an... I don't think David Kep, screenwriter of Jurassic Park, was like, oh, you know what'll be a great line here? Up, up, and away, Web. Like, Shazam. Yeah, like, yeah. But, Carol, I also like that you, like, you didn't have to mention that. Like, your notes aren't public or anything. You're just, like, you're apologizing to I your just notes. felt guilty about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have to put it out there. Um, I like that. And then I have a question um for marco the whole him um by him i mean spider-man um trying to fight that dude for money for a car was that canon like from a comic book so did they make that up for the film because that's preposterous (laughs) so this is something that the movie streamlines in some ways that I think makes it better, but then also makes it worse in others. So in the original Spider-Man comic, he doesn't like wrestle for cars, but he just becomes like a like a like a freak of like he just like goes on talk shows and like fucks around with his powers. 
Okay. Just to, like, make money. And just also, like, like Stanley's original idea was, like, what if, like, the dorkiest never-got-attention person suddenly was, like, the coolest person in the room? And so, like, he's like, what would that person do? And the idea is, well, that person would just be a dick and just, like, go places and sure. show off his powers and, like, think he's super cool and that kind of stuff. And it, it was actually, like, prolonged. Like, he went on, like, multiple appearances and he would show up and people were like, oh, who's the Spider-Man guy? Yada, yada. And he was just, like, progressively becoming more and more of an asshole until his uncle ben died where we have to throw in that guilt um now that's something that i think the movie streamlines better because in the comics spider-man is at a wrestling match not to make money for a car because i i pointed this out when we were watching the movie i was like he's gonna go wrestle for three thousand dollars to try and get a used car like what but anyway no but no but in the newspaper there are cheap cars for under three grand i i Still, <laughs> just just everything about that. Just the idea that MJ ran off with Flash and Peter's like, oh, it's because he has a car. Therefore, yeah. if I get car, MJ will run off with me. Yeah, like, that was stupid that, logic. It's so dumb. And I, I don't like that. But in, in the comics, Peter is like at a wrestling match. Someone comes and robs the guy. And it's a similar situation because he had got screwed out of money. He's at like the height of his fame. And so he's like, no, nah, fuck this. I'm not going to stop this guy. The guy runs away, but then goes to Peter's house and does, like, a robbery there. Like, breaks in at Peter's house and then kills Uncle Ben there. (laughs) And, like, that's something that I think this movie streamlines a lot better. Where it's like, no, Uncle Ben was going to pick him up and the guy directly escaped from Peter and then killed Uncle Ben. Well... Um, which I think he is a really good, ben. like really good. Well, no, he when did because Spider-Man Three. Movie. You want to talk about canon? Spider-Man Three is not canon <laughs> to me. Like it's so dumb. Um, but yeah, so that that's a, a streamlining of the origin there that I think makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Although I do still find it hilarious that Peter's plan is just to like get a car and somehow that will fix. I was going to say, yeah. I okay, so hearing that now, this is the first time I'm like, like I, I can't believe we never talked that. about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I would questions. say, <laughs> it was a good question. Um, but I would say I actually prefer the first half of the comic book origin. Yes, me too. And the second half of the movie one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm slowly falling more and more in love with like when you said, he's just he goes on talk shows and he's like, just like a. He's like an influencer. Like, he's just yeah. like a piece of yeah. shit who's, like, famous for some yeah. reason. And then yeah. the tone, like, suddenly shifts when Uncle Ben dies. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's cool. But the whole going to Peter's house thing just on a coincidence and killing him there is stupid. <laughs> so everything so, past that so in the movie is better. Yeah. I feel like yeah there's yeah, a lot yeah, of coincidences yeah. in all of these films. There's a oh, lot sure. of coincidences in comics. Yeah. 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 Comics is is built on coincidences that's that's definitely that's definitely yeah. true um yeah i agree with you though i think like the one half is better there but then the other half is better here but if i had to pick one overall definitely the movie version yeah i think so and i mean i know that like they try to tie it in with like because he's trying to impress mj but i don't know it's also just like you spent 20 minutes telling her how you cried when she was cinderella or something you know what i mean like the problem isn't that you don't have a car the problem is that you're a fucking weirdo like just talk to her like oh my god peter is with someone like what do you want from her yeah and also that person is joe manganello so like what do you expect you know what i mean this guy's about to go be in magic but also his name is flash so yeah that's you know turn on turn off you gotta yeah i know it's really conflicting yeah (laughs) You wouldn't want to fight me neither. You know I mean? 
Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can I tell a quick Joe Manganiello story? Sure. I don't know if anyone has this in their notes or whatever. Sure. I don't have notes. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He was on a podcast maybe like five years ago, and he was talking about this movie, and apparently a lot of the like production guys really hated Tobey Maguire. And so during that like yeah. <laughs> during that like stage fight scene, they they like we're gonna give him money to actually like hit Tobey Maguire. A <laughs> hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> See, but when I had the note, it didn't say why. It just said that like two of the production dudes offered him a hundred bucks to really punch him, and I was like, did they hate Tobey Maguire or did yes. they just think it'd be funny? <laughs> No, no, no. They they did not like him. Yeah, Fair. he he clarified on the podcast. You were like, yeah, they they did not enjoy. Seems him. Seems like a lot so. of people didn't like him. Yeah, I mean, he's Michael Sarah from Molly's Game, yeah. so I understand. Yeah. Why. I always you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. Oh, I never forget it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I was going to say though, when we were talking about um, <clears throat> the comic book version of his um, origin story, I can see now why in the comics he would pair up with Deadpool a lot. Yeah. The comic version makes a lot more sense because, like, whenever, like, the first time I heard that in the comics, Deadpool and Spider Man was, like, a frequent team up, I'd always think back to the Sam Raimi movies. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, I don't see how that fits at all oh. with yeah. the, the Raimi Peter Parker. But I, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it makes more sense in the comics. I mean, comic Peter Parker, yeah, I think, I mean, I think Tom Holland's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but I still don't think we've really seen. From a writing perspective, anyway, like, the true, like, dynamic of, like, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And I think Colin gets the closest out of everyone, but, yeah. Are you talking about, like, the contrast between Peter Parker and Spider-Man? Yeah, like, yeah, and in the the way, like, Spider-Man embodies, like, Peter almost being a little bit of a bully sometimes, like, towards his enemy, like, like flexing his power that he never got to, like, flex because he was always picked on and stuff. Like, I don't think... I mean, Andrew probably gets the closest as Spider-Man, but the problem with Andrew is that when he's Peter, he's also the same way, <laughs> and so it's just, like, he's just a bully the whole time, and the Tobey Maguire is just a little bitch the whole time, and he's just yeah. always crying, and I think Holland, like, gets the closest, but then Tom Holland's also kind of like, whoa, like, what's going on? He's always, like, confused for some reason, so I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like we haven't had, like, I hope, I genuinely hope, like, Tom Holland stays with the role, like, as he ages, and we eventually get, because, like, for some reason, the fucking, like, in the comics... Spider-Man was in high school for, like, five minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this was not... But, like, in the movies, this is the be-all and end-all of the characters. Like, this high school kid. But, like, most people's touchstone with Spider-Man is him, like, being college-age Spider-Man. That was, like, the Spider-Man of the 90s show where he is a little bit more confident and, like, he's doing cool things and yada yada. And then, like, Spider-Man is a little bit more confident, too. So, I don't know. I hope we get to that point with Tom Holland. Um, Yeah. I'm also hoping it... Like, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, we get to the point of, like, the direction it's going in the video game series right now, which I yeah. want to touch on real quick, is they, the last game introduced Miles Morales. And I hope... And Peter Parker in that world is, like, 28. Yeah. Oh. So it's, like, a teacher-protege thing. And I hope we eventually get there with an older Spider-Man teaching... Well, I mean, basically what the Into the Spider-Verse movie did. Yeah. But with, like, maybe not that old of a Spider-Man. Oh, dude. I like, a serious see. movie. Jake but, Johnson, I mean, I love yeah. that that movie. Yeah. But. If you cast Jake Johnson as an old Spider-Man, I would, I'd be there for it. In live action? In live action? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd be there for it. But, no, I know what you mean. I hope we get... 
Yeah, and honestly, like, if I'm being totally honest, I kind of hope if Spider-Man No Way Home is a Spider-Verse movie, it's, like, well, yeah. Um, We don't know, guys, until a trailer (laughs) drops. No, it's happening. Come on, come on. Um, Like, I would kind of hope that it is an older Tobey Maguire, like, being in that role for Tom Can you imagine it's 50-year-old Tobey Maguire still trying to play a teenager? No, I mean, he couldn't. Like... He would have to be older. He would have to be older. And I, and I really do hope it is, hit, like, him, like, imparting those lessons. Passing you know? on the yeah. torch yeah. to Tom Holland. Exactly. Or even, if, what if, like, that's where we finally get Tom Holland's with great power comes great responsibility? Is from, like, Toby Spider-Man. Awesome. Because that actually comes from his movie, Yeah, too. that comes from his movie, and it just, it feels like a nice That gave me chills. That. Yeah. That, <laughs> I literally have chills. Dude, I have chills this thing. I, this is the stuff I just think about sometimes, and I'm like, what if, what if? I mean, I'm sure it's not going to happen. I'm sure he's just going to show up and say pizza time, and then someone will dab, and then the movie will end. But, like, I'd, I, like whatever, there's, like, a cool, his, his name will be Ralph Boner, and then everyone will go, ha, 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 and then it'll end. But, like, I just wish we would get, like, that moment. That would be so cool if that happened. And also, there's, like, an idea going around that they've mentioned Uncle Ben in the MC one, but, like, obviously, we've never seen him. Mm. So, like, Peter Parker from, like, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker could be, like, metaphorically, yeah. for the sake of this movie's universe, the Uncle Ben figure yeah. that we get in, like, a live-action, that, like, that, can, that we can see, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially if that, like, great power, great responsibility line idea is a thing that would like solidify that I think. dude the more i think about it now that i've said it i think it's it has idea. to happen i that that to me is like as inevitable now as cap going back to be with peggy now that we've said Get it in touch i'm like with someone from, like from that Marvel, has to happen yeah sony, sony see what's up. don't put out the trailer yet like okay but my question is if they do all meet in this universe i wonder if they'll discuss the very dramatically different ages of the aunts and uncles <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe like if, maybe like what if one of them hits on tom holland's aunt you know what i mean because she's oh she's andrew definitely oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be an andrew garfield uh peter parker joke for sure yeah for sure because he's just a horny idiot yeah so, um yeah that would be but you know since we're talking about kind of what we think this movie's going to be you know the rumor of that movie is that it's going to be a Sinister Six movie with all the bad guys from the previous Spider-Man movies, asterisk, that people have liked. Because not Topher Grace's Venom or Sandman. Unless they're waiting to reveal him. Unless. Oh my, if Topher Grace comes back, I will actually, like, kill myself. I don't know if I could actually stand another Topher Grace's Venom before. And I feel so bad, because he is a genuine nerd and was like so excited and loved the character so much and he like, left that 70s show to be in spider-man 3 i know that and blew also, my mind and made me very upset <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, it's so sad on like so many levels um but anyway since that's that's probably you know gonna be what the next movie's about and since we've kind of talked about the origin should we talk about Willem Dafoe just absolutely yes. fucking chewing the scenery as the Green Goblin <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Oh my god. Yes. Oh I was gonna say god. we should dial it back to the actual movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the first I'm half of this podcast is actually yeah. just about, I don't know, Spider-Man as a whole. <laughs> yeah, just Spider-Man as a concept. <laughs> yeah. What's everyone's favorite Green Goblin line in this movie? Green Goblin oh, line? Man. Yeah. Oh, let me see what I got. <laughs> okay. I'll say a line, but I also want to say my favorite Green Goblin thing in this movie. And this is maybe becoming my 
my funniest Raimi trilogy memory. Like, like it, I thought it would have been something from the third movie, but it's this. Yeah. It's when we first see Green Goblin, I think, in action during the World Fair or whatever parade yeah. with Macy Gray. And he shows up, and there's this balcony of, of Osborne uh, executives, and he throws a bomb and liquefies them. <laughs> he turned to skeletons. Yeah. And I turned to Marco and I went, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> I forgot that happened. Yeah. That's just, that's insane. My favorite line, I think. My favorite Green Goblin okay. line. Think about your line, because I have a favorite moment. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, it's not even a moment. I have a favorite mannerism. Mm. And it's it's when there he's on the roof after he's been, like, sleep, and he puts Spider-Man to sleep, and he takes him to the roof. And Spider-Man wakes up, and he's, like, knocked out. And Green Goblin is just, like, standing in front of him talking. And then at one point, he just, like, walks over and casually just, like, leans <laughs> on, the, on the rooftop. And it's just, like, the level of, like, the, the casualness in that lean. It's just like as if these two chums were talking. This is like Spider-Man's arch nemesis and he's just leaning on the thing and he's like, so, uh, yeah, are you going to join my team or are that we going to take over the world? That is a 60s comic book thing. That is such sure. a 60s comic book thing, but that, that always makes me laugh. Just that like that image of just like, hey, what's up? Like, oh, it's so good. I also so like how defined his ass is in this suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much. Um, do you have a favorite moment, Carol? Yeah, I don't think I have like, a I know line you... looking through my notes, and I okay. definitely haven't seen okay. it enough to remember any off the top of my head. But uh, I we'll definitely um, love the moment when he goes to take Aunt May, and she's, like, praying and looking so terrified. <laughs> it's more to Aunt May's credit. Um, but then he makes her finish the prayer. Yeah, yeah. It's so her, weird. Like, like a badass, like, villain would yeah. I don't, it was so funny to me that he's like yes this is what i need to do this is gonna <laughs> be like, finish it. yeah <laughs> uh my favorite line my like it's a norman osborne line but it's when he's being fired from oscorp oh and he's like you can't do this to me i started this company you know how much i sacrificed <laughs> oh my god yeah just the spontaneous anger yeah you know what? I have another favorite mannerism. I'm sorry. Before okay. we get to the line, get him, get him all. I, this is just the Green Goblin love fest. <laughs> I I love him, and I, we just need to talk about everything. When he's doing his origin, and he's about to, <laughs> doing his and he's about to like, he's about to like have the gas and yeah, become yeah. the Green Goblin. He has to drink some kind of primer, <laughs> and so he grabs this bottle. And he drinks it, drinks it, drinks it, and then he just fucking spikes it off the ground like he's some kind of badass. Funniest thing I've ever seen. After he becomes the Green Goblin, and he does the back to formula, and he throws him, and then he jumps on the thing and just goes like, ah, like he does a Green Goblin pose. Unbelievable! Just unbelievable how ridiculous that is. I think my favorite line that isn't "I'm something of a scientist myself" because that is so funny, and I use that all the time in meme world. Um, something of an engineer myself. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think my favorite line is when he's pretending to be the lady that's trapped in the fire, and yeah. he's like, ooh, ooh, and then Spider-Man comes, and he just goes, ah, and he kicks him, and then as he's taking off the shell, he just goes, you're pathetically predictable, and it's just like, oh my god, just that turn of, like, pretending to be an old lady going into immediately reaming him out, so funny to me. 
I also love MJ and I, we're going to have a hell of a time. I don't know what that means. Oh, yeah. Right before he's about to kill Spider-Man. And also, that's like Spider-Man's, like, hero moment of, like, I can't die now. I have to protect MJ. It's really weird, but I, I really, I love that. For <laughs> I just some think reason, a lot of the villains fun. always make weird, like, sexual innuendos about MJ before, like, yeah, beating up like, Peter or yeah. him beating, well, beating again. them up. Um, yeah. You know, just. 1960s. Has to you know be a I mean? part of it, just, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that is, that's, that's, like, to me, like, the most, like, there's so many, like, early 2000s things about these movies that don't age well, like, well, yeah. Macy Gray, um, <laughs> and PS1 CGI, like, just, like, <laughs> awful, awful CGI, um, but I think, like, the thing that, like, doesn't age well from, like, a story perspective, in particular, is just Mary Jane, like, as a character yeah. throughout these movies, and just the idea that, like, even in the comics, like, she had more to do than she does in these movies. Like, in these movies, she only exists to be in danger at all times. Yeah. Like, in constantly almost dead. Uh, and it, it, you know, it doesn't age well at all, and it's like, just or, give her something to do. Or for sexual exploitation. Or for sexual exploitation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Especially in the first movie, they really did her dirty in that rain scene. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I feel like, her entire costume design in these movies was just like don't wear a bra you know what i mean like that was literally the amount of like thought that they put into her costumes it's just it's like well it's that so was very bad. like late 90s early 2000s that yeah. was everywhere oh yeah yeah uh but yeah green goblin he's great i love willem dafoe talking to himself in a mirror going crazy yeah i like I, that. I watch that all day i don't care that's awesome yeah yeah and that's Actually, thanks for reminding me, because that is one of the things that I actually genuinely like about the movie, is he, he uses his mansion, like, for anyone, I guess, who needs the context, Green Goblin is, like, insane, yeah. <laughs> especially in this movie, and he uses this echoey voice, like, that he just hears in his house as sort of his Green Goblin persona egging him on, and I do like how they did that, where it's just a huge, empty, lonely mansion, and you just hear it echoing through the halls, and then the whole mirror thing where it's like he's talking to himself in the mirror but it's filmed so that it looks like the reflection is moving differently than he actually is but then it, it like cuts back to reality and it actually is just like all in his mind yeah it's very so like, like Jekyll was, like, and Hyde-esque yeah. especially with him like not yeah. remembering what he did right away when he was the Green Goblin and stuff gives mm -hmm. off yeah. that vibe but also before you continue, sorry to cut you off, but this is a fun fact and it's I worth it, I swear. Else. Okay, cool. Not cutting you off, but for a fun fact, when they're talking, uh, when he's talking to himself in the mirror, the not green goblin Willem Dafoe has fake teeth in, but the green goblin Willem Dafoe has his real teeth, which are not uh, as nice. Crazy. <laughs> oh, I was like, why? And then you said, because they're not as nice. Yeah. Is that just a shot at... Uh... At Willem Dafoe. <laughs> they just wanted to be rude to Willem Dafoe. Maybe. I mean, I think he was into it. He he seemed to really yeah. like the role. Did all most of his own stunts. Hopefully, I'm glad he's probably coming back. Yeah. I think he's great. Is, Dan and I. Is he one of the ones that's, that is rumored? Oh, to be? he is not only rumored to be coming back, but he's rumored to be like the leader of the Sinister Six. Nice. Like he's putting the team together to fuck up all the Spider Man. Cool. Okay. Which I think is cool. Um. And we also talked about this, but it's a shame that he never got a chance to play the Joker. He'd be such a good Joker. Yeah. I hope one day he plays like an old Joker in something. That would be cool. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns Joker. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> if we ever get an actual Dark Knight Returns movie that's not just Zack Snyder being an idiot, that would be so good. 
what else do we what else do we like about this uh j jonah jameson oh yeah of course uh unbelievable like you want to talk about just like perfect casting like i genuinely think this is the best comic book casting of all time like forget robert downey jr chris evans what like this is it's so good that we've had two reboots and they didn't even try to recast him like he doesn't show up in the amazing spider-man and then in new spider-man they just brought him back they were like nah it's just him again because who else are you gonna get no i totally agree um it's literally like you ripped j jonah jameson from the comic page and turned him into a live action like i don't i'm convinced jk simmons didn't exist before he was cast (laughs) to play j jonah jameson exactly and also i have to say like his lines are still genuinely funny like it's not even like oh like he's doing such a good performance but it's kind of cheesy he's freaking hilarious like like nails that like shitty boss like mm-hmm. thinks he's so smart character and is every it, yeah is it this movie it i think it's this movie where he's like where he wants to buy one of peter's pictures and peter's like 300 he's like that's outrageous done yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no because he's like i'll give you 150 peter's like 300 he's like that's outrageous done yeah it's so good oh also fun fact uh his the guy that works with him hoffman is sam raimi's brother yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which is the like, Yeah. I don't know that. And Betty Brant, who is actually like a famous comic book character, is also someone famous. I can't remember her Elizabeth name. Elizabeth right Banks? Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, she auditioned for the role of Mary Jane and was told she was too old. Hmm. But Toby Maguire oh. is two years older than her, or two years younger than her, regardless. Bullshit and sexist. No one was too old. Yeah. Yeah. No Did you see everyone else in that high school? Very yeah, frustrating. No like, no. I'm glad she still, you know, got that bag, but very annoying. Honestly, I mean, good for her for not being cast as Mary Jane, because it probably would have just, like, not yeah. ended well for her career. Because, yeah. like, what's Kirsten Dunst done lately? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what's she, she up did, to? She did stuff. She was in she... Hidden Figures for, like, five minutes, remember? She was in that movie? I actually she was, never like, the saw white woman. It, oh, guys, that movie's so good. You've never seen that movie? No unfortunately she was like the white woman that like learns to be a little bit less racist i don't remember that yeah she's in the movie for like five minutes but um yeah i barely see her in things anymore yeah like me neither she was in melancholia i mean i guess she's probably loaded that got good reviews okay actually wasn't she in fargo i've never seen Fargo. like i haven't seen it either but i thought i heard that she was the film or the show the show the show let's see when did fargo come out 2000 14 i think the first season i think that sounds about right 2014 was like just the sickest year for everything oh yeah for entertainment oh my god what the best year i'm not seeing it oh no she is okay oh Oh, okay yeah i guess she got famous because she was like the kid actor in interview with a vampire right that was like her big role yeah she was also in marie antoinette oh she's in jumanji and jumanji and oh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind between Spider-Man oh, 1 and 2. That... that genuinely is a fantastic right. film. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a really, really good. good. You'd like it a lot. That was... Because I was like, good. I have seen her something. Yeah, bring something. it on. That was Guys, iconic. Okay, we'll do it. What is it? She's been in Bring It On. Bring it oh, is that the cheerleader yeah. movie? Oh, I haven't she seen it. She was like, the lead It's really funny. I mean, actually, I haven't <laughs> seen it in a few years. It also might not age well. But I remember thinking it was hilarious. You know what? It's okay. 
Things that don't age well, like, it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nothing ages well except the Dark Knight trilogy. Those movies could have come out yesterday, <laughs> I wouldn't know, because they're just Christopher Nolan. Unless it's made by, like, Christopher Nolan, it doesn't age well, so you just gotta... You just gotta yeah, yeah, and on that note, when we were watching the first one, uh, the first Spider-Man movie, Marco made a point where he was like, this movie came out three years before Batman Begins, but now I think it's, it's less like shame on you spider-man like you should have been better for coming out three years before batman begins and more the dark knight trilogy was just so ahead of its time i can't believe the first movie came out in 2005 it's insane like think about the movie 2005 batman begins came out in 2005 think about the movies that it came out before it came out before superman returns it came out before x-men the last stand it came out before spider-man 3 it came out before green fucking lantern like all these just like awful like holdovers of comic book movies yeah. that and the dark knight just comes out and it's like a perfect batman movie that could fit in with modern day yeah like i said in the intro like like how far the the expectations have come yes. for a comic book movie batman begins was doing that in 2005 yeah so kudos to them yeah. for that do we have uh, anything else we want to talk about with this first movie? We should what? probably mention Harry. <laughs> oh. I was so surprised James Franco was in it when I first watched. And I think that's all I have to say about Harry. <laughs> okay. Can I tell you guys something funny? Sure. Like, for the longest time, this was what I knew James Franco from. Oh. Oh, like, me too. As yeah. Harry Osborne. Like, I was like, oh, that's Harry Osborne, whenever I saw him anything else. And then coming back to watch these movies, he is awful. Yeah. Like, he He's... is awful yes. in these movies i don't know he does what not he was doing he's no he gets worse yeah. he actually gets worse as they go on and he's just well, like, everyone gets worse <laughs> fair enough except jk simmons jk simmons is just yeah like worse. but um yeah he's he's brutal he's brutal i i don't know what movie he thinks he's in i don't know why this was like what i knew him from i don't know why like yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, it's your he's... first film in cinemas. That's why. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, even after I'd seen him in other stuff, I was always like Harry Osborne. That was, like, the thing I associated him with. And it's I guess it's just nostalgia. But it's just like, oh, my God. Like, he's just fucking he's a piece of shit. Like, I don't know what he's doing. He... And he's a terrible friend. He's a piece of shit friend, by the Literally, way. Literally. Oh, yeah. He knows. He was trying to help Peter talk to her at the beginning. Yeah. And then... Like, two seconds later, he's dating her behind his back, knowing full oh. well that his best friend is in love with her. That's why he doesn't tell him about it. I was shocked. His dad is right to hate him. You know what I mean? Like, I know that his dad really hates him in this movie, yeah. but also, like, I kind of get it. If you had to raise this piece of shit, he's like, Dad, don't drop me off in front of the students. And he's like, oh, that's another funny green goblin line. Don't be ashamed. Never be ashamed of who you are, Harry. Yeah. It's, so, it's so funny. Um, yeah. But also, like... Like, Norman is definitely the reason why he is the way that he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's definitely a dichotomy there. But just from what we see, like... Oh, Carol. Yeah. I have a question for you. As someone who has only seen the first movie, I guess, twice, but really, like, you know, you're pretty recent to it. Yeah. Because I'm, like, so attached to it, I can't come up with an answer to this. <laughs> okay. And Dan and I were debating about this, so we don't really know. Okay. And maybe the movie doesn't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what you're going to okay. say. Okay. <laughs> me either <laughs> are harry and peter yeah like old friends or like new friends because he apparently just came to the school yeah but also they're like you helped me graduate and you're my best friend for life and we're gonna move in together i imagined like they were immediate or very quick friends from whenever harry arrived i don't know what year he was supposed to arrive in 
I assumed, like, because he was saying, like, don't drop me off in the rolls, like, that's embarrassing. Like, you'd think if he was, like, at the high school from grade nine or something that everyone would have known by then that he's rich and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Sure. So, I don't know. I don't know when he got to the school, but I just imagine that they were immediate friends. It is a little weird that they want to move in together, but, like, also, rent in New York is a lot. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, yeah. I don't know. That makes sense to me. But, yeah, I guess not yeah. old friends, but not, like, super new friends. Like, at least, like, a year into the friendship or two. I just hate the timeline. Like, yeah. just make them old friends. It, it, like, the movie's so ambiguous because I'm actually, I'm the opposite. I've always thought they were, like, childhood friends. Mm. Yeah. But just because of how ambiguous the yeah. movie puts it. Well, it's also because... Like, our mute-cute for, like, Norman Osborn is Peter being like, oh, hello, person I respect and I've read papers on. Yeah, like, so they couldn't I, have, have been never childhood unless the dad was not around for 18 um, years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or unless they always went to Peter's house. Or yeah. Something. But then because, always... like, Aunt May and Harry seem like they've known each other for a little while. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then also, to me, it, like, diminishes their relationship like when in spider-man 2 i know we're jumping ahead hopefully we get there soon because we've already been talking for like an hour and a half but um holy shit in spider-man in spider-man 2 when harry's like you were my best friend and you killed my dad and you have that big like emotional climax like it means nothing if they've only known each other for like a year because that movie takes place so soon after this one it's like hey person that i kind of knew it's but two like, years we after never this had... one actually Okay, so Harry has known Peter for, I guess, three years in movie time. <laughs> but apparently, Peter is, like, the most important important person in his life. And he makes time to go to Peter's fucking birthday party at his aunt's house. Like, what? And, and Aunt May, by the way, they're living together, right? At, like, Harry and Peter's apartment, yeah. the place to be. And they're hanging out and living there. And then they're there for Thanksgiving. And Harry goes full sexist mode to MJ and is like, just keep your mouth shut yeah. about things you don't understand. And then Aunt May goes, Harry Osborne, yeah. <laughs> as if she's like his mom and she's yeah. known him since he was like two years old. And But apparently they've only known each other for a year. I know, yeah. That's, weird. that's why I think I think they, they've been like friends since they were really young. But there is no aunt. There's no definite no, there's answer. No, there's no answer. <laughs> Alright guys, can we talk about my favorite thing from Spider-Man 1. Sure. Yes. Okay. I, I was just going to say, because I thought you wanted to already transition us to the second one, and I was like, I at least have a few favorite things I need to yeah, just Yeah, like there's points. still, yeah. Oh, there's more to talk about this one still. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> what were you um, going to say, though? Yeah. All the New Yorkers. Just all the background <laughs> really New Yorkers. When they're throwing stuff at the Green Goblin oh. at the end. <laughs> Which, by the way... And I talked to Dan about this, but there's pretty much a unanimous consensus that that was a reshoot because of 9-11. Yeah, to show New Yorkers coming together <laughs> yeah. post-tragedy. Yeah, which is, the like, obviously 9-11 tragedy. Yes, but the yeah, idea that, like, they were like, we need a scene <laughs> where a bunch of New Yorkers throw things at the Green Goblin and say, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, and somehow this is going to, like, help the country heal. Well, also they is, had to like, take out so a full funny. scene... Yeah, of like because the twin a, towers. Yeah, a web between the oh. two towers. Yeah, there was a f- some. Yeah, it was like part so, of the tra- trailers. It was like a reflection in the movie posters. It was a whole thing. Yeah. So they needed to fill time, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. The, so the teaser trailer for this movie, which was like a really iconic yeah. teaser trailer, was just this helicopter 
being chased by police and it's going through buildings in New York and then you come around a building and it was trapped in a web in between the two tower twin towers. Oh. That was like the teaser trailer. And everyone was like, oh shit. And then like two months later, 9-11 happened and everyone was like, let's take that off the internet and yeah. never... Yeah, I know they did some rebranding a little yeah. bit after. Um, what were you going to uh, say, Carol? Oh, I just had like general points about lines I liked, parts... I have notes on, um, so it's like a when we're ready to wrap up this first film. I think oh, okay. Well, do you have anything you want to? I was just gonna say we have to talk about the ending fight scene. Sure. <laughs> oh sure, we do. Because this is so. As I was saying before, like a big problem we realized was Spider-Man doesn't oh. use anything he's learned throughout the yeah. film, like the classic hero's journey thing. Can I stop you for one second? Sure. Before we get to the actual ending fight, can we talk about the pre-ending fight? What's the pre-ending okay, fight? Okay, the bridge. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. only reason I want to bring this up, I want to bring this up for two reasons. A quick fact, and something else we noticed about this movie that doesn't age well. Okay. So the quick fact is, in Spider-Man lore, the Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy by throwing her off the bridge, which everyone knows Spider-Man goes, he goes to web her, but it turns out in webbing her foot, she like smacks her head and kills herself. And it's very sad. Um... Anyway, so, like, the whole Greek Goblin thing in this movie of him taking MJ and bringing her to bridge was supposed to be, like, kind of a, a yeah, like, callback to that moment and, like, for Spider-Man fans to be like, holy shit, like, are they going to kill Mary Jane, yada yada? No, I guess Spider-Man just has enough time to save both of them. I guess the Greek Goblin just didn't factor that in, by the way. Hmm. He was just like, you can only pick one, and Spider-Man's like, no. Okay. I'm going to pick both. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say both, pretty easily, yeah. like, without min- minimal effort. The other thing, though is ha- that we noticed that sucks is how fucking awful the adr is in this movie because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's the green goblin and spider-man <laughs> and you're cutting between these two shots and both of them are like screaming at each other and no one's mouth yeah. like spider-man's mask is flat and there's the one shot in particular where they cut back to spider-man and he goes it's you who's out gobby out of your mind and his ma- his face does not move it's like a static image. And we also realized it wasn't until the second movie that they ADR'd it so it sounds like it's coming through a mask. It no, just sounded yeah. like yeah, a person talking. talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now you can continue with the final fight. Sorry. Yeah, I just... so that moves into the shitty final <laughs> yeah. fight. Uh, I've already said it. Like, he doesn't use anything he's learned. Yeah, but I just Green love... Goblin literally kills himself. Yeah, so he does a backflip because of his spider sense and, uh, the, and the glider stabs him. But I just love how the scene looks but i still have no idea where this is supposed to be because it kind of looks like a demolished building and it kind of looks like a cemetery yeah but um yeah the biggest problem again is just like it's kind of just a a lazy ending yeah Yeah. especially looking back at it as an adult like obviously this wasn't something we noticed as a kid but it was kind of weak yeah i i like the green goblin killing himself is again an incredibly iconic comic book moment like that is like how the Norman Osborn, Osborn Green Goblin kills himself is that he tries to kill Spider-Man with the glider. Spider-Man dodges out of it. He ends up killing himself. So I get why they put that in the movie, but I do kind of feel like, like we talked about with him not learning anything, like there, there is no, like it means nothing when he kills himself in this movie, if that makes sense. Other than like he says to Peter, like their last dialogue exchange is like, I was like a father to you, and I'd be like a son to me. And then Peter says, I have a father. His name was Ben Parker. Which I guess, like... But, like, that was after he's already killed Yeah, and also, I guess, that's, like, his emotional... Like, that's, like, what he had to learn emotionally. 
like that with great power comes great responsibility and like yeah like he was like my father and this guy's a piece of shit but then green goblin just says godspeed spider-man and then the fucking glider comes and then he just oh yeah sorry so that was before he it is before but like i think i think the thing is like when you look at and look i don't love spider-man far from home but that movie clearly sets up the idea of like peter learning to use his spider sense and then in the final battle with mysterio like has to rely on his spider sense um whereas in this it's like i I wish there was just something like else like i get like that he's like willing to let his surrogate father die because like he's acknowledging like how important ben was to him and i'm totally fine with that as the emotional stakes of the scene but i feel like there needs to be like a literal thing that he has to do or learn like something like literally anything like whether it is maybe like having to figure out how to use his spider sense and then in that moment like using it or i don't know like just anything just anything other yeah. than nothing i know? mean he learned like, how to climb walls and shoot webs so but i and i also feel like though sometimes that's the problem with like shitty origin movies is like the enough. character yeah. learns <laughs> how to be the superhero they are and then they just are successful yeah. at the end like, in bad origin movies. Whereas, I think in good origin movies, like, Captain America, First Avenger, the first Iron Man movie, eh, man, not even the first Iron Man movie, but, um, like, Batman Begins, like, yeah, like, they have to learn to be the superhero, but then there's still, like, this, like, you're the superhero, but, like, are you really the superhero? Like, you have to, like, actually learn the thing. You have to earn the You have to earn the mantle, in a way. And in this, no, it is just, like, Godspeed Spider-Man, and then he kills himself. <laughs> okay, great. And also, like, we talked about this, but what was this... Like, if the glider hit Peter, they were so fucking close, it would have killed <laughs> him anyway, so I don't know what the point of that was. Yeah, he definitely was dying either way. Yeah. But good point with... So you brought up Far From Home, and I think that's why, like, I have more of a problem with it now, because that was a whole movie of developing yeah. that one power. Yeah. And in this case this power just comes to him naturally and he just uses mm-hmm. it to like save himself in the end and yeah he doesn't really like go through any trial yeah you know any final trial except for that ben parker line but yeah and again like i think like the emotional stakes are there i think that's fine but i just you know normally like in a like really good like modern movie that would hold up to scrutiny there would be like the emotional stakes combined with like a, an action like a plane of action like when i'm thinking about batman begins i'm thinking about it's it's actually similar in batman begins of like batman having to reject like his surrogate father figure in Ra's al ghul mm. but there's also like the literal thing that's happening in the scene where he like outsmarts Ra's al ghul for the first time and, like you never learn to mind your surroundings like it finally comes back after all those callbacks of him <laughs> Razzle- that comes back there's a, I, I mean, we'll get, there is a, the entire third act of Batman Begins is literally just, like, a recycled script from the first, like, it's just, every line of dialogue gets repeated, but honestly, like, I prefer that, even though it is a little bit silly in parts. Yeah, no, I prefer that. Yeah, too. because at least it's, like, it's showing dedication to the idea of, like, character growth, and like we talked about, I don't think these movies care about character growth as much as they just care about translating, like, the feeling of reading a Spider-Man comic, so, Absolutely. you know it's the call they made doesn't age well but whatever <laughs> all right uh i think it's time to move on to spider-man 2 before officially i'm gonna say all my things oh sorry oh yeah, yeah. okay scrap, scrap that okay so where's my first note i the fact that it starts with him saying the story of my life is not for the faint of heart and then 
you see, like, Tobey Maguire. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's note number one. And okay. then also I just want to say... Wait, what does that mean? I don't know what that's... What, what, it's just... It's... It was him, like, running after a bus, like, looking like Tobey Maguire. It just didn't match the vibe. I got you. I got you. Um, I got you. Okay. Also, the lab scientists say that risks need to be a part of laboratory science. And just as a laboratory scientist, that is untrue. Yeah. That is absolutely... It's not... It's... Isn't it Green Goblin that says that to the scientist? Yeah. I think so, Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, risks are a part of science or whatever. And I think we even commented on that. We're like, that's actually not yeah, true. That's it's always the opposite, yeah. opposite of the goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, when um, Spider-Man and MJ are talking across, like, their fence, and it was, like, after he got his powers, and she goes, you're taller than you look. And he goes, I hunch. And she just says, don't. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck yeah. is that conversation? That's flirty dialogue. Carol, have you never flirted before? That's how you flirt with someone. That's how you flirt? No, never in my whole life. Oh my god. Also, um, at one point, he's like working on his powers in his room and Aunt May comes up to him and or is knocks on his door and is like, "Oh, you're acting so strange," and he says, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> Did you forget how to be a human okay, being when thanks. you got these spider yeah. powers? Yeah, it, there are a lot of. Did you forget how to be a human being? Moments? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, shout out to Octavia Spencer. Just thought that was important. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer, um, who would have worked with Kirsten Dunst in Hidden Figures. Yes. Yeah, they worked together. <laughs> Reunion. In yeah. Um, did they share a scene? I think. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, also, when um, the Green Goblin attacks around the parade time. Um, initially when Mary Jane thinks she's going to meet Harry's father and she's wearing this red kimono, first of all, why the hell is she wearing a kimono? (laughs) Yep. Second of all, then Harry goes, oh, but like, my dad likes black. You were like, if you want to impress my father, like, that's not the right outfit. Like, don't tell her what to wear. Also, at the same Mm -hmm. time, just general, don't like him. Um, and then when Peter and Mary Jane meet up on the street at one point, or it was before or after the kiss it was around that time she was like going mm-hmm. to meet harry to have a dinner and she invites peter on their date like that yeah. is something you would do if you're dating secretly dating i guess unbeknownst to her but secretly dating your best friend's crush very bizarre um and i think that might have been it i also did want to say fun fact i saw the place where they filmed the upside down kiss that's cool mm-hmm. although like you've been there like yeah in in uh universal studios Oh, that was a set? Yeah, that was a set. Oh. With a lot of oh, fake cool. rain. Yeah. Yes. Um, I still like the Upside Down Kiss. I think the Upside Down Kiss is a fun moment. Although, why like, would she pull the mask down just no, no, no. to hey. show the lips and not the rest of the face? Listen, none of any of that scene makes sense. Why does he not have the mask on, fight, but then puts the mask on, only for oh, her to yeah. pull it down for to have a kiss, but then she doesn't look... But just just the image of Spider-Man and Mary Jane kissing and Spider-Man's hanging upside down on a web. Again, I think it's just like a nice yeah. comic book image. None of the rest of the scene makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, what are you, you going to do? Yeah, it's pretty iconic, I guess. And then it comes back in the yeah. third movie. It does which come we'll, back. We'll get to. It's there. It also oh, comes back in the second movie. Does it come back? Oh, it, it does come back. It comes back in the second movie as well. Not as prominently as in the third movie. Yeah. It's not a plot point in the second movie, but um, yeah. 
Speaking of the second movie, are we ready for the second? <laughs> are we ready for one and a half two? hours in, I think we yeah. are. <laughs> well, I think now that we've covered like a lot of the general bases, yeah, we can. And also, know. we spend a lot of time talking about Spider-Man comics, and, yeah. like you know, around the movie and stuff. Exactly. But. Yeah. So this movie's like the best question. It's technically the best out of the three. Yeah. At least I. Well, I think so. What do you think, Carol? I'm thinking what I'm, i need to oh alfred molina do love alfred molina um yeah i don't know i think i might have liked the first one more fair i'm unsure i'd have to think about it it's definitely well, not the discuss. third one <laughs> well yeah i mean definitely not the third one i mean look like here's my perspective on why i think the second one works and we'll see if, if dan agrees and i'll we'll see if we can sway you carol okay. To, to prompt you here because obviously you haven't seen these movies a thousand times no, and just you know, once. haven't stewed on them so we'll see i think this movie works the best because <coughs> sorry i'm dying uh the heisenberg condition's back um oh no. i think this movie works the best <laughs> because sorry. i just remember in grade 12 when you legitimately thought you were dying like heisenberg yeah, I was coughing a lot and watching a lot of Breaking Bad. It was a bad combination of things. I mean, I think here's what this movie gets right. The villain, mm-hmm. I think, is good. Mm-hmm. Really to good. an extent. To an extent. There is some silliness, yeah. uh, for sure, for sure. But I I think he has more motivation. Like, Green Goblin's motivation after killing the Oscorp members is what? Just to Just fuck with Spider-Man? Yeah. Whereas in this, it's like, I get it. Like, he was a scientist. He was married. He was happy. He's disgraced. The inhibitor chip doesn't make sense, but I I, I get his, his motivations to like, try to like prove Like, does it make sense scientifically? Right. Well, it doesn't make sense why you would put the most important thing to protect yourself in a little glass tube at the top well, of the thing. okay, fair. And then turn your back to a giant fusion reaction. A star. A star. Yes. Um, a sun, if you will, <laughs> in the palm of your hand. But yeah. So I, I love Doc Ock. I think his design is great. I think the arms look awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he's terrifying. I think Alfred Molina does a great performance. I, I buy more, like, his relationship with Peter than Norman Osborn's, because Norman is always kind of a creep, but I feel like Alfred Molina does a really good job of being, like, genuinely a friend to this guy and, like, really trying to help him out and, like, give him life advice before he turns. I also like the idea of, like, Peter struggling with being Spider-Man it's not, like, fully explained, like we've talked about, but the almost the idea of, like, he's going through, like, depression. Like, he literally cannot function as Spider-Man anymore, I think is an interesting concept. Um, and then eventually having to take up that mantle. I think this has the best fight scenes in the trilogy. The the bank vault oh, me fight. Oh, yeah. The train fight. The train fight's fucking awesome. So That's a, awesome. It's so good, and it holds up so well. Yeah, and this movie just, like, to me, I think feels the most like a movie because it has, like, it tries to have character development and, like, a plot. And doesn't always... And there's a lot of shenanigans. There's a lot of... Oh, there's a lot of shenanigans. Peter can't make it to the thing on time. Mary Jane is, like, mad at him. Could you imagine? Like, I've never in my life invited someone to something and then had them cancel and be like... I hate you cared about me when you would have been there. (laughs) Um, And then also... selfish. Yeah, and then also, like, Harry... (laughs) Also, she's like... This person came to see it five times. And I'm like, well, that person's a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Like, I I had friends in plays. And Carol was in plays. I didn't go see your plays five times. And like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harry. Oh, yeah. Harry's character completely changes. To me, that's. Not for the better. The worst part of this movie by far is Harry's character. Also, I think this movie's a little bit too long. Um, but 
I think whatever good it does for like trying to have a more serious plot, trying to like really bring Peter down, and like the villain, Harry, is so bad, and also like Mister Dickovich is so good, <laughs> but also so oh, bad, okay. but like so good. You know what we were talking about like perfectly cast. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's Mr. Ditkovich. Great casting. I think it's actually my favorite character in this series. He's so good, dude. <laughs> Rent. Thank you for bringing that up because I almost completely forgot. Yeah, I know, me too. Um, but okay, Harry. And like we pointed this out when we, when we just did our rewatch. He like, I think it's because, so this is Harry that is now inherited, inherited <laughs> his father's company because he died in the first movie, yeah. R.I.P. Um, and like now he's just like this executive douche yeah and that's like all his character is now mm-hmm. you know like suit sunglasses like i don't know if he actually has like a bluetooth headset but like that he would be the person yeah. to like yeah you know um but i agree with what you're saying with regard to i think this movie out of all three does do the best with character stuff overall it, especially like more so than the yeah like more so than the other two for sure like this movie it focuses a lot on peter parker rather than spider-man because a big part of it is spider-man losing his powers and by the way that i've always had a problem with until basically until this last rewatch because when you like said your thoughts on it it kind of convinced me how like this is him being depressed and not being able to like be in tune with his powers Mm -hmm. i never really read into that and so I never really liked it because there was just never any explanation in the movie for why yeah, this was happening. That was an issue for me too. I was waiting for the yeah. big reveal. Exactly, and it didn't happen. <laughs> no physical reason. Yeah. But no, yeah. you bringing that up, that point up, I think works for me. I think that's enough for me, and that is a huge reason why, like, I think the character work is a lot better in this movie. I think, and to be fair, like, obviously, having seen this movie a billion times, probably more so than any other movie, but, yeah, I think, like, I ultimately, like, coming to that con- con- conclusion from the fact that, like, every time we see him kind of start to lose his powers, it's always after, like, Peter having gone through a traumatic thing, you know what I mean? Like, a really bad situation with Aunt May, a really bad situation with Mary Jane, whatever, whatever, and then we cut to a scene where Peter's powers start to fail him until we ultimately get to him just kind of, like... Like, it's kind of ironic because, like, being in full, like, we'll say, like, depression mode, but then also, like, Peter having a good life, a quote-unquote good life, but, like, an unsatisfying life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, giving into those urges, but, like, it's not ultimately, like, what he needs and, like, what's satisfying for him and what's ultimately going to help him, like, be a good person and progress and be better. So, like, I, I do think you could have, like, hit that nail on the head a little bit harder. I, I think what really lets it down, to be honest, oh, I dig, like, Peter telling aunt may that he's responsible for uncle ben's death mm. i think that's a really cool choice that you you don't really see like in comic books and i i like that pro- progression but also does aunt may up. know he's spider-man at the end of that conversation i couldn't tell we think so okay probably it's never confirmed <laughs> okay. yeah but, and i think this is the big letdown of the peter losing his powers plot mm. is the plot kind of culminates when Peter and Aunt May have that conversation outside her house when she's moving. Oh, yeah. And she gives him that big speech about, like, what it means to be a hero and why being a hero is important. And she clearly knows by that point. And she knows. But that speech is so awful and is so rambly and, like, doesn't really have a... Like, it's not like... It doesn't 
build to a moment. It doesn't build to her being like, and also I know you're Spider-Man and like whatever. It just kind of goes on. She's like, and people stand in the rain and they'll cheer for hours just to see a hero swing by. And it's like, but she's also talking about heroes, like heroes as if we're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. yeah. As far as we know, Spider-Man is the only hero in this. Oh, he absolutely is. So I, I don't. Like, I, I struggle because I feel like if that scene was better, I think more people would dig the him losing his powers plot. Because I think it would, like, give context to that in, in terms of, like, her summarizing it. And you'd finally be like, got it. That's it what would, this movie's about. It would pay off a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would really tell you, like, this is, the, like, the heart of the movie. And instead, it's just, like, this weird scene. And then... Then the movie continues. And yeah, then gets power check. And another thing about that scene while we're on the scene is they mentioned comic books. And this is kind of a minor thing, mm. but it kind of bugs me that, like, I always appreciate when a superhero movie talks about comic books in a context that that hero, like, if it, like, for example, in the first Captain America movie, the comics appear after Captain America becomes a public figure. Right. Like, he inspired the comic books. Yeah. But they just kind of talk about, like, comic books. So, like, apparently comic book superheroes are just a, a thing in this world. And it has nothing to do with, like, the real hero being Spider-Man. He didn't, like, yeah. create comic books or inspire comic books. So, fun fact. And this goes back to the 1960s Marvel comics as well. But, like, DC comics exist as comics in Marvel Comics continuity. Oh. <laughs> so, like, Spider-Man, the character in comics, like, read Superman comics. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so, and that that's, like, that was an old Marvel thing. And I think that, I think this is a hangover from that, of, like, you read comics. And, and Spider-Man 1, she's like, you're not Superman, you know? Like, I think that's what that's referenced to. Yeah, yeah. No, there's literally a line in Spider-Man 1 where she says, you're not Superman. Everyone needs help, Peter. You're not Superman. Wow. That's just Um, completely gone over my head every time. Yeah. And so I think the idea is like they're trying to continue that tradition of like DC Comics characters exist as comic books in the Marvel Universe. But I I agree, unless unless you're me and you knew that fact, it's just weird that she's bringing up comic books and you're like, what? Like, which comic books? Like, what are we talking about? Because now you're in a world where there were just comic books about fictional superheroes, and now there's an actual superhero yes. that exists in the world. Yes, yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Just a minor thing, but... It is weird. Okay, so the more that we're talking about it, I guess I can concede that this is probably the best movie of the three. The reason I was, like, hung up on it and it wasn't an immediate best film is because I do find the whole storyline with MJ super unbelievable, especially that mm-hmm. in the last two years we're supposed to believe that not only have they remained good friends, despite the fact that she told him that she loved him and he said he couldn't, like he didn't, like he loved her as a friend essentially. He friend zoned her even though that's not a real thing. And so that they've been best friends this whole time, like nothing's happened at, and yet she's engaged to someone or is in a serious enough relationship that she's gotten engaged and he knew nothing about it. Um, and she's still, like, upset that he didn't come to her show, and that whole thing yeah. was super bizarre to me. And then, like you said, his, like, conversations with his... I think the whole situation with his grandmother was weird to me, because, like, it does make sense that probably without the uncle, she, like, can't afford a home and needs to move. But just, like, the fact that he takes her to the bank to try to get a loan, and then when the bank is attacked, <laughs> he, like, ditches her. 
Well, yeah. obviously, because he's Spider-Man, but, like, she, the banker has to be like, you're asshole nephew where is he yeah i don't know that whole thing was and she like gave him 20 bucks and he was like about to cry (laughs) like 20 (laughs) dollars i don't know that whole thing kind of took me out of it uh and also the fact that they harnessed the power of essentially a mini sun uh was a little too much for me to believe but that's real science is it no, that's like unironically, literally what like people are trying like people are trying to have fusion reactions. Yeah, but it doesn't. Well, not in their not like in a, a studio apartment. Orb, sun, sun, no, floating yeah, but, in the sky. No, no, no. Okay, gotcha. I, I see. Your your issue is that he literally created a mini sun. Yes, not like I understand okay, okay. fusion, and I know it's. He didn't real. run it by any peers. It's, yeah, just yes. in his apartment. Yes. Yes. Also, one invited of, some people. Over. One of the facts on IMDb is that tritium doesn't exist. It just says flat out, tritium is not real. And so oh, okay. in case anyone I, reads that, tritium is real, just not in yeah. the way that they depict it. It doesn't look sweet, like that, sweet. but it is an element and it exists, I promise. <laughs> it just, it's an isotope of hydrogen, I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 So that uh, that was wild to me that IMDb just IMDb. really had that on there with no context. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this movie's uh, this is pretty good. JJ J. Jonah Jameson, he's pretty good. Yeah, I did want to say though that that bank heist scene is another just straight up '60s comic yeah. book like oh. thing. <laughs> the vault. I love how the vault is just in the lobby, no yeah. security. <laughs> well, I also love like this scene's so frustrating because there's stuff i love and stuff that's so dumb because yeah the vault is comedically just in the lobby ridiculous doc ock shows up in like a trench coat which fedora fedora it's like what um (laughs) but the action's pretty good yeah um i also like what we were just talking about like peter starts to lose his powers a little bit in the scene and it kind of ties in because it's right after his aunt doesn't get accepted for a loan and then he ditches her and then, like, he goes to fight Doc Ock and he starts to lose his power. So, again, like, he, he's, like, depressed about his life, whatever. But, yeah, then the bank just has gold coins. Yeah. Shillings. And little money bags. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what bank is this? It's like an old-timey West bank. It's so, it's so silly. It's so silly. Like, I don't get it. But then it's like, there's such cool stuff. He throws the car. He throws them through the window. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, ah, it's, it's so frustrating. This movie's as odd, odd with itself. It's like this movie sometimes is trying to push into that actually good movie category, but then there's constantly just like silly, cheesy Spider-Man shit. Well, this movie it at did win an Academy Award for what? Oh God! Um, Visual effects. I think so. Something like that. I have it. I'll find it. Keep talking, and I'll tell you. Definitely not acting. Definitely no, not no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely um, not. Oh, it won best visual effects, and it was nominated for okay. best sound editing and best sound mixing. Okay, I could see mm-hmm. that. It's a decent sound mix. It doesn't. I mean, the ADR is not bad anymore. So I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. The first movie was also nominated for an Academy Award. I think also oh, for something for sound or editing. But. Let's backtrack um, a little though. Yeah. Because uh, we, we should talk about the scene where uh, Doc Ock murders all those surgeons. Oh, oh that was like That's a, a really horror good movie. That was yeah, actually that was... my favorite scene in the whole film, I think. That's like pure Sam Raimi. Yeah. That was pure That Sam. was actually terrifying. And I was like, I kind of wish this was in another film. A so I movie. could yeah, watch yeah. it more often and appreciate it. Just watch the scene on YouTube. Yeah, that's that's what I'll take from this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was. And really Marco, good. you it was really good. And Marco, you were mentioning like how 
one of the things that's aged the best out of this movie, I think, is the look of Doc Ock. Yeah. And I definitely agree with that. Um, I also noted, like, I like how, first of all, I like the design of the arms and also how they act and even look a little bit like Velociraptors. Yes. They even, like, they have sound effects that makes them sound like they're, like, like hissing at each other when they talk to each other, you know? Like, just the robotic sort of, like, ambience of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, the claws look like snouts a little bit and just, like, they move around like they're a pat, like a herd of uh, Velociraptors. That's something that I didn't really, like, notice growing up, but just now that the more and more I watch it, I just, I realize and appreciate that. And, yeah, just overall, definitely like this, uh, like, adaptation of the Doc Ock look. Because some of the comic book Doc Ock look, yeah, it's very cheesy. No, he looks so good here. It's such a good look. Um, And, yeah, like you talked about, I think it is definitely Jurassic Park-esque, like, in terms of, like, which is ironic because David yeah. Kep wrote the first movie, but not this one. We should also say the writers for this movie are the were the showrunners for Smallville, oh. which I didn't realize until we were watching it this time and I saw them in the credits. But I, I think it actually kind of makes sense a little bit because like Smallville was obviously like let's strip Superman away from like his powers and just deal with the character stuff, and that's kind of like the entire plot of this movie, which I think is probably why it like reaches like a little bit higher than the stuff from before, um, and the stuff after. Um, yeah yeah something else i noticed this time so um first of all there's some minor tweaks to the spider-man suit which we haven't talked about at all but the spider-man suit from this movie is i still think my favorite live action spider-man suit which i know may be controversial but i think it looks great it looks real it looks practical it looks like i believe him swinging around in it like he looks like spider-man in it and it just it's it's really close to the first movie suit but they just did some color like saturation changes the red's a little bit darker the blue's a little bit darker and i also appreciate the fact that there's a lot of this movie takes place like in new york during like the day and just the way like new york is shot in this movie feels more like a real city to me like there's a lot of stuff in the first spider-man movie that is feels kind of like sets like it almost feels like a lot of like set pieces like we're in this corner we're in like this thing but in this movie it really feels like spider-man is in like new york and we're like in new york a lot um and yeah i just think like the like the color and all that and like dog ock is always out a lot during the day and it just it it, like does a lot for me in terms of making it feel like more modern and more like a real superhero movie well we also mentioned like i think it was when we were watching the first one it felt like we were in gotham city yeah yeah. Because first of all, how much crime was going on, and oh. and second of all, just like yeah, it looked more fake. Yeah, and a lot of it was at night. Like definitely, a substantial amount of it was at yeah. night compared to uh, the second movie. I definitely think, I mean, that was a holdover of just like how superhero movies were made. You know what I mean? It was like just well, yeah, you're living always... in the worst city ever. Yeah, and also like we always made they always made movies on sets back in the day. Really, like I like I'm, I mean, this movie to some degree, but it's the year after this movie, 2005, when Chris Nolan is like, now we're just gonna make gotham chicago and we're just gonna shoot in the real world and then that's kind of now become the norm but really like every superhero movie before this was like 75 percent on sets um but this one i think is like the closest we get i mean the next one is also new york but it's so dumb that i don't even it's like but this one i think does a really good job of like actually feeling like we're in a real city yeah we're in real we're in real places where we have real stakes it's not just like extras screaming and saying here comes spider-man like it's not you know it's <laughs> i mean they still do that they, but it's they like they do still do that they, they have to band together to because it's in this one he stops the train right 
Yeah. So they all have to help him and cheer him on again. But also, yeah. I, I know we haven't gotten there yet. I mean, we all are all over the place. But in that scene where he is stopping the train, and then at the end he, like, passes out from the effort, which, like, fair. Um, yeah. Why does everyone on the train go to the front of the train that's hanging off the tracks? Do you want to die? <laughs> go to the back I of the train. <laughs> I also love, like, how as he's trying to stop the train, there's the old, like, train conductor. Oh, that's him. just, like, saying, like, that's not working. It's like, do you want to live or like, not? This isn't helping. Yeah. <laughs> got any more bright ideas? <laughs> yeah. I got a few. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if I was Peter, I just would have punched him in the face. Right? No, and be like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> um... Or just swing away, like, all right, you're good to die now. <laughs> I don't, I won't kill you. This man has just doomed you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so bad. Um, I going back to that the horror Doctor Octopus scene. I just oh. have a fun fact about this scene, which is that one of the doctors that Doc Ock kills is John Landis, who is famous movie director, uh, and father to Max Landis, mm. but also John Landis. You can look him up. There's some weird stuff. With the Twilight Zone movie that they made that happened oh, yeah. around him. Um, so did someone die on that set? Yeah, some children. Someone died on the set of the first Spider-Man. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I did not know that. Oh, well, I was going to mention it laughing. when we talked about the third film, but I'll say it now since I've uh, I've shared that. But yeah, it, I mean, okay, maybe not on set. When they were building the set, uh, a welder was killed when a crane toppled onto a construction basket in which he was riding and struck him in the head. And then they had that scene in the third film where the crane was going haywire and was like breaking into buildings and stuff. I was like, guys, come on. That seems a little... Tasteless. Yeah. Tasteless. Anyway, that's why I was going to mention it when we talked about the third one. But yeah, wow. someone died, I guess I not idea. on set, but making the set for Well, they were film. physically yeah. on set. Yeah. yeah. So crazy anyway, how yeah, people John, die. <laughs> oh, Carol, how bad is the play that Mary Jane's in? Isn't it just awful? Oh Have you, were you listening to the dialogue in it? I was, and also a big pet peeve of mine is how how widely advertised it was, also with yes. her face on it. Like, she's this fucking movie star. Like, first of all, it's an off-Broadway production. That's not I going know. to be the thing that's postered all over New York City with the face of this woman who's in her first play ever. It just was so unbelievable it's to ridiculous. me. No, it's it's completely ridiculous. I, I, I don't... And it's only so that way Peter can walk down the street and they'll be <laughs> like, like... She looks at me every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of Peter walking down the street, we haven't even talked about the opening to this movie. This is the this is the best opening to any story. Oh yeah, there. Pizza, it's pizza time. Yeah, pizza, pizza time. time. Pizza time. It's so good. It's so funny. It's such a meme, but also I like it as the opening of the movie. I think it's like because I feel fun. like there's always it was a fun. Yeah, I think there's always... also those kids running in front of the truck are stupid as hell. I have a note about Idiots. that. I was like, oh, they were really just gonna die. Well, also, the kid and in the first movie that's, like, watching the thing fall on him. Yeah, kids like, in these movies are just stupid. Yeah. Just all around. But also, like, a semi-truck going down the middle of, like, Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta make those happen? deliveries. Um, yeah, it's pizza time. It's a, it's a fun yeah. scene. And we also, Joe's like... Joe's 29-minute guarantee is a promise, man. We also kind <laughs> of brushed over it and went before and after it. But in the bank scene, when Doc Ock does conveniently steal, um aunt may of all the people in the bank once again mm. crazy coincidence that the person targeted is this old woman um and having her hang off the building by her cane or umbrella or whatever 
and then yeah. having her be on a ledge kind of hilarious um that was cute and her like hitting doc Ock's arm out of the way <laughs> to try to help spider-man yeah. cute um but also insane that we we're supposed to believe sure that. and <laughs> yeah. that the bank was giving away free toasters <laughs> <laughs> yeah what <laughs> only what only it? with a deposit of 300 or more why yeah <laughs> in what did that happen in 2000 and whatever four for three 300 dollars for a toaster yeah <laughs> you could like, buy a toaster for like i'm sure bucks. now it would be like an ipad or something <laughs> you know what my <laughs> which we should talk about some just lines that we like before we went to spider-man 3 and i love the real crime would be not to finish what we started yeah no the real so... crime is finishing what you started he's like steal it no i can't i'm not a criminal and then they like they like whispered him he's like the real crime would be not to finish what we started so fucking funny like it's it's, yeah i guess another funny moment that i really like it's a dickovich moment and it's when uh when peter goes to use the communal washroom (laughs) and knocks and there's no one in there and dickovich just walks in front of him and takes it closes the door and then opens the door back up again and goes rent <laughs> and then peter just closes Close the, the door, door. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good comedy moment <laughs> i like i think there's like good peter like hating his life comedy in this movie yeah like genuinely <laughs> funny not like ironically funny but like actually like when he's looking in his closet for something to wear and oh, there's like one thinking? shirt <laughs> A suit, Spider-Man costume. And <laughs> it's like, that's the only things that he owns. I thought that was funny. He's like staring at it for like yeah, 10 like, seconds, <laughs> like genuinely deciding. Yeah. Um, I, I know it's over the top and we were making fun of it, but I love when he's at the party taking pictures for uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son. Oh my God. And oh, yeah. cannot get an appetizer or a drink. <laughs> he just can't. And he finally gets one and it's empty. And I know it's ridiculous and it's cheesy, but it, it actually, it makes me laugh so yeah, hard. Like hilarious. just, he's just, he cannot, he's so down on his luck. Yeah. Before we continue, something I would like to, this is the thing I remember I was going to talk about, was okay. just the whole Spider-Man no, no more thing. Oh Just yeah. because I thought it was, it was worthwhile to bring up because he says Spider-Man no more. Very prominently. <laughs> very prominently. And then there's that shot of him walking away with the Spider-Man suit in the trash yes. can, which I just think is, uh, like, a really good way of, like, them adapting something from the comic book, because that was a famous comic book cover, and the story was called Spider-Man No More, and it's Peter walking away from his suit in trash mm-hmm. can. And so that was, like, in the marketing for this movie, and I remember as a kid seeing that and being like, cool, you got me. You did a, you did a comic book thing. Good, good for you. That also reminds me of a j jonah jameson line that we have to point out so when the homeless guy finds it and brings it in he makes him like an insultingly low offer and he's like i can get more than that on ebay yeah. <laughs> and also that reminded me of another scene i think it's the first j jonah jameson scene in this movie when peter walks in he's like <laughs> where were you photographing squirrels you're fired and then and then uh betty's like sir the planetarium party yeah. oh yeah you're unfired i need you to come back yeah. <laughs> But also, like, he doesn't even work. He's a freelancer. Yeah. Like, you can't fire a freelancer. Like, I just won't buy your pictures anymore. He's not on payroll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Danny Elfman, who did the score, in case people didn't know, obviously we all know, um, had some sort of falling out with Sam Raby during the course of this film, and he has been yeah. quoted to say, um, to see such a profound negative change in a human being was almost enough to make me feel like I didn't want to make films anymore. 
Oh, Sam Raimi said that? No, Danny Danny Elfman Elfman said it about the change he saw in (laughs) Sam Raimi during this film. They reunited nine years later. um, Yes. But I just... On what? uh, Oz, the great and powerful. Oh, James Franco. (laughs) Yeah. um, But I just thought that was wild. I don't know what happened during this film, but seems dramatic. Yeah, I have no idea either, and he did not come back to score Spider-Man 3. They had someone else. Um, That's why. But yeah, then they just ended up making up. I, I, I don't know. But I, what I, happened to Sam Raimi? <laughs> well, I'm assuming what happened to Sam Raimi was probably, like, he was probably, like, already having the conversations with Sony of oh, what Spider-Man 3 was going to be about, yeah. and he was probably not in a great place. Cause oh, that's true. I've heard, it, yeah, it was a disaster. Speaking of Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Sony being Let's talk about Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I'm, like, yes, almost a little bit upset that I had to watch this film. <laughs> but isn't it ironically It's fun, fun, though. Yeah, but, like, not so much when I'm watching it alone in my bedroom, you know? Gotcha. Like, sometimes when we watch really bad movies for this podcast, I'm, like, if I was watching it with you guys, and, like, the fact that we talk about it does make me enjoy it more, obviously, because we all laugh about it together and I didn't go through the trauma alone. But sometimes when I'm mm-hmm. in my room alone watching them, I'm genuinely, like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> see this one like like unironically i'd rather watch this one than any of the other two that's fascinating that is fascinating i i get because it is so funny and it is a meme i totally get the memes the only the only thing that holds me back is i think carol's point which is just this one is like two hours and 20 minutes long and so even though it's funny it doesn't feel that way to me though I don't know. I never feel the run time. I really felt it all. I think I do. Every time yeah. he had those side bangs and thrusted his pelvis, I was like <laughs> feeling every fucking second of this film and I wanted to Oh, I to love die. it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's quickly, um, since we're on this, we'll just, I'll, I'll let you guys know what I know about the behind okay. the scenes. If you have any fun facts, we'll do that. And then uh, we can talk about just, I think the easiest thing is just to talk about our favorite stupid scenes sure. <laughs> our favorite memes um but the long and short of it was sam raimi wanted to make a spider-man 3 centered around like new goblin and sandman those were going to be like the primary antagonists and then at some point in pre-production sony was like hey you have to put venom in this movie and sam raimi was like i don't care about venom like i was reading spider-man comics when i was young from back in the day and venom is a relatively new character he was only invented in like the 90s and so Sam Raimi, Edgelord was, era, yeah, Edgelord, exactly. And so he was Did like, I don't give a shit about Venom. Sorry, Edgelord. Yeah, yeah. What? I don't. I I've never. What is what? What is that? It's just like a person like that, like their they their goal is to be edgy. Just oh, like they think it okay. makes them look cool. I was like immediately person... thinking like edging in the sexual sense, and I was very <laughs> yeah, confused yeah, about what you were talking about. That's yeah, why I yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah. I needed <laughs> no the explanation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, no, not that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, did edging really take off in the 90s or something? <laughs> yeah, edging took, was huge in the 90s. Um, yeah, so Sony was like, you need to put some edging in this movie. And Sam was like, I do not want to do that. And then they were like, okay, well, you have to put Venom in the movie. And they, he was like, no, like, I don't want to put Venom in the movie. And basically they said, well, you have to. And he said, okay. And then everything went to shit from there long story short because they were already like a decent amount into pre-production so then they had to do like they had to completely rework the story to introduce the venom elements and a lot of stuff changed and was rushed and a lot of bad decisions were made um and then spider-man 3 came out 
and kill the franchise. And since I'm assuming, like, uh, just so we get it out of the way, because I alluded to it earlier, Sam Raimi was still going to make a Spider-Man 4. The original plan was for Vulture and Mysterio. And then, similarly, during pre-production on that, Sony basically said, uh, we're, we want to reboot the franchise. Yeah. And then, so, and then Sam Raimi said, so I guess I'm fired then. <laughs> and then he just didn't make quote? the movie. No, it's not a direct <laughs> quote. But I mean, that, I'm, that's, my, that's my paraphrasing what happened. But I, I don't know if he was let go or if it was like, we want to reboot the franchise. And then they just waited for a response, and then Sam Raimi was like, oh, I get it. I'm basically fired, so I'll just quit. Yeah. So you can say I quit. Um, but that's the gist of what happened. I, So another factor that I'm starting to wonder may have like contributed a lot is the next year, Iron Man 1 came out. Yeah. Thus starting the MCU, and like how like that was like the start of most modern superhero movies, I think. With the exception of, like, the Dark Knight trilogy, of course. But do you think, like, even if they hadn't decided yet to cancel immediately after Spider-Man 3, that would have put the nail in the coffin? Because, like, they wanted... I'm sure they wanted to get in on the action. And even if they couldn't incorporate Spider-Man into that, they... Like, obviously, the Amazing Spider-Man movies would have fit better into an MCU than the Raimi movies. Yeah. So, I feel like that was inevitable in like that was the direction they would have wanted to go either way yeah i think i mean i think it's a couple of things i actually don't think it's probably the mcu in specific because i'm just trying to think of like what movies were out in the mcu when the decisions were being made because amazing spider-man comes out in what 2011 or 2012 12 okay so and this movie comes it was, I know it was the same year as Avengers. Mm. Yes. So that was pretty big. Yeah, so that movie comes out the same year as Avengers, but Sam Raimi is let go sometime in 2009-ish so they can start working on Amazing Spider-Man. So, like, we're talking about, like, Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, and I think that's it. Um, but, so, I, I honestly, and I, I think a part of this is also just, like, what the Amazing Spider-Man movie turned out to be. I have a strong feeling it was... Everyone hated Spider-Man 3, and then The Dark Knight came out the year after. Oh, and The Dark Knight. I think, I think Dark Knight was the one of, like, the we want to we want to do The Dark Knight of Spider-Man. Because when you watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it's like, it is so... You want to talk about Edgelord? Like, those are, like, <laughs> fucking just people that don't understand what Spider-Man is and just trying to apply, like, a Batman formula to Spider-Man. And I have a feeling that's what it was, but then I also think, to your point fuck like dark knight let's say sam raimi even makes spider-man 4 like i think it was inevitable that sony would have ended this that was what i was asking you like, like i one way or another it was endangered to begin with yeah i don't think because i think like we're talking about i think it is a holdover of the pre-2005 like good movie so yeah i don't know i mean i just think he was damn damned if you do damned if you don't but i think what's kind of ironic now like in this era now where we have had so many like modern superhero movies there are a lot of people saying yeah fuck it bring sam Raimi back and make a spider-man 4 who cares like let's just let's do something because it's so unique and different that even if it is the ridiculousness of spider-man 3 it is still kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of like not just being like yeah pretty good superhero movie it's just like a complete fucking like 
in its own world things. Yeah, and that's like that's why like I hated the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but I would so be down if we're doing this to have Andrew Garfield appear as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I don't think they would bring Toby and not Andrew. But no, yeah. Just saying, like I I would welcome him to the the cast if this is actually happening. I think he deserves a chance to like. Not be better. Be yeah, no, I think he deserves a chance to be written by, like, good writers. Yeah. And, like, and that's not even fair to say necessarily, but I feel like he deserves a chance to not be pressured to be Batman. Like, I, I, he deserves a chance to actually it's be funny. Spider-Man. Now that you say, like, yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man movies are, like, the Edgelord Spider-Man movies, yeah. I think they, they would fit well into the same universe as the Venom yes. movies. It's so funny you say that because, like, Amazing Spider-Man and Venom and Morbius feel like and we haven't seen morbius but i'm just going off the trailer feels like a cinematic universe it feels like they're made by some people and then like spider-verse and mcu spider-man are made by totally other people yeah and i know yeah marvel has some creative control but i'm just from the sony side of things it feels like they're just a complete split in the studio and what they're interested in making so oh i'm sure that's definitely the case yeah Yeah. i'm also anyway we should probably talk about we should talk Caroline about movies. <laughs> Where to begin? Okay, what's okay? How about this? Can we all pick a favorite dance scene? Because yeah. there's like five dance scenes in this movie. Easy. Which one is your guys' favorite? Um, my favorite is the one in the jazz club. Um, when he brings Gwen oh, Stacy okay. uh, to MJ's place of work, and that is also when I started messaging you guys in our group chat. Um, Marco wins. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I thought. Yeah. I thought you were at the scene where he dances in the street, which is my favorite dance scene. When yeah. he's the like, montage. He's like finger gunning at women. Finger pointing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Saturday. <laughs> the Saturday Night Fever yeah. ripoff scene. Yeah. Of yeah it was definitely the jazz the club yeah. scene, which apparently took two weeks to film, and I want to know how and why. <laughs> <laughs> now dig on this, kid. Now dig on this. Double tap. Double tap. <laughs> Also, the so fact that he just went up to play the piano and ditched his date, and it's baffling. And who was playing the piano? Like, did he pay him off? Yeah, I don't know. Everyone was just okay with it. I don't know. That was absolutely yeah, also, insane. And when he pays off the waitress, he's like, "Find some shade." Oh my god! And he says, "Thanks, hot yeah, legs." I was gonna say he says something about her legs. I was about to look it up. So cringy. It was almost I, physically painful to watch. Yeah. Um, this is why I love this movie, though. <laughs> I, I think my favorite dance scene is Harry and Mary Jane doing the twist when they're making oh an omelet. That's my favorite dance scene. The one uh, scene because... together and we're supposed to believe that they have all the chemistry in the world because they dance and make an omelet? What? Yeah. Speaking, I know this podcast has been a little bit about just, like, how much we all hate Harry, but, <laughs> like, the the acting done when, okay, first of all, the fact that a major plot point in this movie is a character has amnesia from getting hit in the head too hard <laughs> yeah. is maybe like like when you're summarizing this movie to someone and you're like so then the new goblin because that's his character's name like on toys and stuff he was billed as the new goblin even though there's been like 20 goblins in spider-man history he could have been the hobgoblin he could have just been the, called the green goblin he yeah. could have picked up the mantle no he's the new goblin and he rides a surfboard yeah and radical <laughs> radical and they they fight and then Peter clothes <laughs> Peter <lines> him. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh he hits his head really hard and by the way peter's immediate reaction after that other than shouting harry 
really loud. Harry, 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 is to start doing chest compressions. And I'm like, bro, your friend just cracked his skull. Yeah. I don't know why you're doing chest compressions. I don't know why you think he's alive. I, I, like, he's definitely he's dead. dead. But also during that scene, I want to point out, um, the while they're like flying through this alleyway vfx horrible i don't know what was going yes. on there um yes. but also at one point harry goes like i'm still right behind you like if you were actually <laughs> chasing you, him Peter. trying to kill him don't you not want him to know like i'm he's sure he a, assumes you're still there <laughs> it's literally so funny yeah he's like i'm still here peter you're right though the the cgi is awful and i feel like it's because this is like like early, in the early 2000s i feel like there was an understanding that CG looked bad. So there was still an attempt to like do a lot of practical stuff and meld it with practical stuff mm. and hide the CG. Whereas I feel like in 2007, it's like, well, CG's good now, right? So we can the do George a lot Lucas, of it. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's the George Lucas problem. And so they start CGing things that look awful. This whole fight looks brutal. And then he gets amnesia. And Harry's <laughs> so also like, convenient. Another crazy coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, like, he gets amnesia exactly to the point that he, he forgets to... just everything about him and Peter. Yeah. He remembers his but dad then, died. I was Okay, that's what I was going to say. This is one of my favorite lines, my favorite moments in the movie where he's like, <laughs> my dad, he died, right? And Peter's like, yeah. But then when they revisit this in the little getting his memories back montage, it's edited for some reason in the way that... <laughs> first of all he's having flashbacks out of his body it's just the scene yeah. but regardless it's the scene my dad he died right and it cuts to the shot of peter going yeah <laughs> yeah because earlier in the hospital scene he's like well we can still hang out uh friday night right and it's like yeah great so they use that yeah for the answer to the my father he died line yeah. I mean, I get, I get what they're going for because they're trying to I show. I don't. I know. I think what they're going for is like, like he's fucked up. Like he clearly is like fucked up in the head, and so he's like perceiving, like he's reading everything wrong, and he's like finding reasons to be mad at Peter, even though like it's not actually Peter's fault. Yeah. But it's just stupid. It, like it's just the it's way so it's edited together is so stupid. Um, yeah, and just like James Franco's acting when he has amnesia, it's like. He's like never like it's like he's a four year old. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> like he's laughing at everything. Yeah, he's. Just like, I know that face. Yeah, like he's he's. It's ridiculous. Like it is some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. He was filming yeah. Pineapple Express during this. His acting was better in that, so I don't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, like like casting James Franco in this role, like he's a stoner comedy yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, because this was, like, shortly after Freaks and Geeks. I don't know how much longer, but that came out, like, I think right before the first Spider-Man. So that must have been on his reel, and I can't believe they saw that, and they're like, perfect. (laughs) Well, like, Harry traditionally is always, like, the hot, cool guy that kind of helps Peter, like, not be nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the role he fills. So I understand them, like, wanting to cast just, like, an attractive young actor. But they sure. didn't write him according. Yeah. But they then they just did nothing with it. Instead, he's just a fucking weirdo. Like, they don't actually do anything with it. He's also not comedic relief. Yeah. Which he should have been in that in that case. Exactly. Well, until this movie when he is... Yeah. Well, he's ironic comedic He's ironic comedic relief, yeah. When him and MJ do the twist while they're making omelets and stuff. Oh, and yeah, when he has amnesia, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like he feels more like what Harry should have been during the amnesia yes. part yes. than not. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. What else? Oh, Edward Brock Jr., yeah. Topher Grace. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw his name in the credits, like, at the beginning. Okay, also, we didn't talk about this, but how the opening credits for the second and third movie just, like, give you a summary to catch you up in case you forgot. Mm-hmm. I watched them all yeah. back to back, so I didn't need it, but kind of appreciate it, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, just fun fact, and I just, like, had told Dan about this, but, the the like, in the second movie, it's all artwork. Yeah. Like, it's flashbacks, but it's flashbacks that are done, like, in artwork instead of, like, actual images from the movies. Mm-hmm. And what I like about that is that the artist that did that artwork is actually, like, a famous comic book artist. Oh, very Alex cool. Ross. So it's like, that's a nice touch. And again, I think you're right. Like, if you aren't like us, and at the time, you know, not everyone, like, could stream things. Like, you couldn't stream things, so you would have to own it on home video, which not everyone did. So if you literally saw Spider-Man 1 in 2002, and then two years later going to see this other movie, you're probably like... Yeah, what the fuck yeah. happened? And I think, yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. It's a good system. I just wanted to say the fact that, okay, the whole Venom storyline begins, because we were going to talk about Topher Grace, um, with this, like, meteor crashing to Earth, and they miss it because they're making out, uh, and mm-hmm. then this black blob crawls out of it and no one notices, and then also it doesn't come into play until over an hour into the film at all in any way. Yeah. I mean, now obviously knowing the backstory and the fact that he was like pigeonholed into adding in a Venom storyline, like, sure. But at the time, I was like, I, I forgot about it. And then it was suddenly a thing, and he had side a side part and a black suit, and that's where we were. Um, yep. <laughs> it was so Yeah, sudden. like it takes that long. It takes that long into getting into the symbiote stuff at all, and then the Venom stuff is yeah. like the last 15 yeah. minutes of the movie. Awful. After he pr- after Topher Grace prays for um, to kill yeah I want God, you to God kill that's what God's her. gonna do for you you're right good <laughs> good thing when he walked into yeah, a church is, I was like what the hell is he what's his plan here this is a weird change from the comics because in the comics he goes to church to pray for forgiveness because he's going to kill Peter or no he's gonna kill himself oh, oh that's better because in the comics story Peter <laughs> it's similar to this right where it, <laughs> Yeah. Um, That's why I did correct myself. Yeah, like in the comics, he's just depressed because basically he thinks Spider-Man slash Peter have ruined his whole life. And then he goes to church to pray for forgiveness because he's like, I'm going to kill myself. And then we get the church bell scene and Spider-Man ripping off the suit. Yeah, I mean, on the Venom stuff, this is what I want to talk about with J. Jonah Jameson's son. This isn't like always canon. The actual canon of where Bat- Spider-Man gets his black suit is really dumb. Yeah, where Batman gets his black um, suit. As opposed to his it's, other color suits. Yeah, it's in this event called Secret Wars, which was just a chaotic Marvel event from back in the day. You don't need to know anything about it. Spider-Man's fighting in space with everyone, and there's a machine that gives him this little black ball that turns into a black suit. And it's only later on that we discover that it's a symbiote, and it makes him shitty, a shitty human being, and, and it's sensitive to sound and stuff like that yeah the mechanics of it and whatnot yeah uh and but there's been like retcon since then so sometimes it's created in the lab which is eh okay but a cool retcon that they did in the 90s cartoon was that j jonah jameson's son the astronaut Mm. brought it back with him from space yeah (laughs) my son the astronaut that's kind of he's not gonna make it he's gonna gonna make make it. it um he brought it back with him from space because he was like a geologist or something or no he's an astronaut but like he was up in space doing geology yeah. stuff and they like, like an astronaut. yeah and they took some rocks 
And so when he was introduced in the second movie, and then when I found out that Venom was going to be in this movie, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that um, would have been a perfect little, just a little setup for the feature movie, at least. Yeah. And yeah, the whole Venom thing sucks. And I was talking with Dan about it, and it's like, I can't even, like, if you don't know, like, Carol. Yeah. You don't know about comic book Venom stuff. Yeah. So, like... Does any of this mean anything? Like, when he's, like, in the church using the bells to help him rip the suit off him, like, does, is that just, like, out of nowhere for you? Because, like, in the, the, like, comics, like, he knows that it's sensitive to sound. So he goes to a church and starts throwing himself in between church bells to get this thing to come off of him. In this movie, he's just fucking Batman crouched, like, all sad, and then he's in oh, a church yeah, no, and he, like, bangs no into a bell by accident. There. Like, when Dan no, just, just now be... said it was sensitive to sound, that's when I learned that it was sensitive to sound, right now. Yeah, okay. I was just exactly. like, oh, he's in a church. That's another crazy coincidence. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's also the same church that Eddie's at. So, you, like, you have, like, yeah. coincidence yeah. squared. Like, it's, it's just... Yeah, that's why I was like, okay, interesting choice. I mean, I at this point, I was used to it three movies in, but... <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, it's so weird because there are two scenes with dr connors where he explains yeah. the science of the symbiote and he doesn't mention and he the doesn't sound. Ever, yeah. he doesn't ever mention this it's like just fucking mention it in one of those scenes and then it's set up for later in the movie well maybe he would have known if he was paying attention and not eating cookies on the phone oh. that ursula made him <laughs> and asking her to go and get milk <laughs> you got any milk so fucking go some with chocolate chips got any with nuts so yeah oh, nuts nuts that's what it is Give me some milk. Give me some milk. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he's... Uh, can we talk about douchebag Peter Parker? Okay, so yes. we didn't talk he's about Sandman at all yet. Ah, oh, fuck Sam. Well, like, okay. <laughs> Sandman killed Uncle Ben, I guess. He's retconned to have killed And Uncle he's ben. not a bad guy. And he's not a bad guy. He's just had some bad luck. Okay. So real quick, so Sandman has a daughter with cancer or something. So, I think. It's never specified, yeah. but... Well, she's like... Is she bald? She's sickly. I don't know. If she's, okay. yeah. Whatever. She's dying. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is how irrelevant it is. (laughs) She's dying. And, and like, his whole thing is he robs for money for his daughter. So he has a heart. Yeah. So he's not, like, a bad guy. It's unfortunate because he's, like, probably one of the better, one of the best Raimi, maybe the best Raimi villain, I think. Like, written-wise. Yeah, written-wise, yeah. In the trilogy. And he, his story really just goes to shit by the end. (laughs) It's crowded by the Venom thing, and it's just, it's it ends up being dumb. Well, it's not even just crowded by the venom it's also it just doesn't go anywhere and it's also tied into like the whole retcon with peter's uncle it's like it just it starts off as yeah like a cool idea that they just keep throwing shit on top of and it just never turns into anything it just yeah it's shit and then he just fucking stands there with peter and peter makes his dumb crying face and is like i forgive you and then he just sands into the wind and it's like okay that part made me laugh out loud it felt like he was isn't it ridiculous yeah like and also like the whole daughter thing is no excuse for why when approached by venom and asked to team up with him he just yeah yeah i want in i want to kill Spider-Man. yeah that's not gonna get him any money or save his daughter in any no. way no it's so out of character although so that's sandman when he was introduced i just have a note that says um where was it the teacher from easy a in a prison suit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone saw it. I haven't seen Easy Very A. Very funny. Yeah. Um, he's a teacher. Well, he's a famous actor. He was in some like TV sitcom back in the day too. Wings. He, oh yeah, Wings. Yeah. <laughs> in the Frasier cinematic oh, universe. Oh shit! Is Wings in the Frasier? Yeah, it's in the Cheers Frasier cinematic universe. Wait, Are you like serious? Wings, the show about Marco's pilots? gonna watch Wings now. 
Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> I'm watching Wings then. That's what I gotta no, start watching. It's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've never watched it, so I would think so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Sandman. There's really not no, much more, <laughs> except for his uh, origin story is stupid. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! Also, what are episode. what are the odds that he just runs into this? Okay. Part of like. Okay, so let's go over this. So first of all, he's on the run from the cops. He hops a fence. There's no security or anything. He falls into a scientific experiment. Correct. The the scientists are just about to start the experiment, and they notice a fluctuation of weight on the thing. And their, their, their quote is, it's probably a bird. It'll fly off when we start. Yeah. There's no camera or anything on the yeah. site, which is completely uncalled for. They get and scientists then... wrong. <laughs> scientists, Dan. But remember, science is about taking risks. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Oh, this is an Oscorp company. Yeah, though. science is specifically about taking risks. Oh That's what science is about. Um, but then also, he turns into salmon because a grain of sand enters a pore or something on his hand and travels into his body and yeah. and makes all of his sand. Like, yeah. Yes, it's it's very stupid. It's dumb. I mean, Sandman's never had a great origin. Like, how do you explain someone having sand powers? Like, it's one like, of those he things... He, I, I was just gonna say, he would have been better if he didn't, like, I, and I guess he wouldn't have been Sandman as a character, but if he just was a person who robbed, like... And just was a normal human being. And that was his villain. Like, he's a robber that just keeps going on Spider-Man's radar somehow. Yeah. And just, like, get, like putting in the character work of making him, like, a villain with heart. Forget the whole Sandman thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Also, I have a question. Why, when the other photographer became Venom, why did his teeth get fucked up? Edward Brock Jr. Good what question. What happened there? So... <sighs> that was just a visual effects so thing, I think. in the comics the idea i think and i don't know because the whole venom thing again we're talking about 90s edgelord bullshit yeah. but 90s edging bullshit <laughs> but um the i think the idea was like that the symbiote was so like angry that it was rejected by peter that the next time it bonds with someone it like becomes kind of a monster because like in the comics Eddie also hates Peter, so then when the symbiote bonds with him, it's like these two people that hate Peter, and they have like a stronger bond than Peter and the symbiote, and they kind of just become one person, and then it turns into like a more of a monster, which is why he has like fucked up teeth and stuff. Okay. It's still dumb, but like that's the explanation. In this movie, I don't know. Because, oh, it's because when he's like on the ground and the thing is on him, a little bit of it gets in his mouth. Remember, he goes bah, bah, and some of it gets in his oh, mouth. So sure. like, that's why I guess. Sure, I still don't understand why it would change his physiology. Yeah, no, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't also, make any sense. Gwen Stacy, when she was introduced, did not know it was Gwen Stacy, um, just because she was smart. And then she was like modeling. I don't know. Didn't know Gwen Stacy was a model. That was news to me. Um, but then they called her that's by her name, name, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, isn't that more of a Mary Jane comics yeah. thing? Mary Jane is the model, Gwen Stacy is the nerd. That's yeah. friends with Peter. Mm. I, I don't... But I guess in... They're movie, both non-characters, so it doesn't Yeah, matter. they're both non-characters. Also, during that scene, when the building was falling, Bryce Dallas Howard was pregnant filming that. Yeah! I oh. found that yeah. in my notes, too. She didn't know, yeah. though. Yeah, she didn't know. She, she didn't found know. it after the fact. Oh. Yeah. yeah. yeah hopefully that kid's okay. Okay, also, another <laughs> crazy coincidence that the photographer dude was dating her that he went to take photographs of the thing, that he noticed it was her, that he said out loud it was her, and that he was standing next to her father, and he had just gone on a date with her. (laughs) In New York. 
and just mention that to him casually. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. In one of the most populated cities right? on Earth. <laughs> they ran into each other. Also, like, like her dad being a police captain is only relevant. It is, like, only relevant for the fact that he dies knowing that Peter is Spider-Man. Like, that... Oh, in comic In comics. Yeah. That is the only relevance that that character has. Why is this character in the movie? It's it's for the fans hoping like it's it's throwing them a bone and like I'm sure a lot of them were hoping it would go somewhere and it just goes nowhere. Yeah, of course it goes and it goes the only other nowhere. the only other part he has in the movie is when he tells Peter about the Uncle Ben thing. Yeah, but it's just like any policeman could have done. Exactly, that. that doesn't need to be the captain of police calls in this teenager to be like, we got this wrong. Yeah, like uh, I hate it. Yeah, Gwen sucks in this movie, by the way. She's also, like, really for Like, no offense, but, like, if I'm on a date with my girlfriend and, like, some girl from college who I like, tutored for five minutes came over and started, like, touching my hair and, like, having a conversation yeah. with me, I'd be like, what are you... Like, read the room. Like, I am in the middle of a date at a fancy restaurant. Like, fuck off. Yeah, but also just, in general, the plot line that Peter as Spider-Man was like, yeah, kiss me. And I didn't yeah, think we need to talk about that this. Mary Jane would be mad. Yeah. And then was surprised that she was. Like, just very tone deaf. Like, that was also really annoying about this whole thing, is that they, like, they had Peter not giving a shit about her, essentially. And, like, anytime she complained about, like, getting, even getting fired from her Broadway play, which, like, is, is really shitty, even though, like, I agree she shouldn't have been in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's just like, yeah, like, I people hate Spider-Man all the time, too. And he just wouldn't listen to her for two seconds. Yeah. And it's so stupid because, so, okay, this this kiss thing, this is where it comes in the third movie, like we were talking yeah. about before, but it happens before the symbiote thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's just normal, yeah. Peter. Yeah. That, that, wouldn't that have made a lot more sense if, like, the symbiote had somehow attached himself earlier on in the movie, so all these bad decisions would have at least had a reason? It would have, but it didn't. <laughs> See, that's, I think, I, I, I can't even believe we're talking about, like, the plot as if like it's even worth talking about but i watched spider-man 3 for the plot <laughs> yeah I mean, um and like, for the edging <laughs> for the edging yeah i watched spider-man 3 for the edge lord it's it's really stupid that a lot of the relationship problems happen before he's even infected by the symbiote yeah. because then at the end of the movie when they reconcile and hey i'm sure in the new fucking movie he's gonna show up in they will be married uh, and have a kid. But they'll like, either be married or it'll be like the animated one where they're like divorced or something. Yeah, but it's like those problems existed before. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the symbiote should have been the root cause. Like it should have been there from the beginning because, you know, like I know it was there when he punched her in the face, but like <laughs> that's that's not oh, the yeah, only that issue that they had. Like they clearly had other issues, so. It's just, it's lost potential. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, don't forget, he put his hair down remember he like yeah. gave himself some bangs and then and everyone thought he was hot him, all of a know. sudden yeah oh yeah. my god that haircut looks so bad so, yeah, so okay let me back up a little bit so sam raymond was approached to include i'm assuming they said like venom but really to include the symbiote in this movie yeah yeah and i think it would have i think it would have gone a lot better if you take out venom introduce the symbiote in this movie and then don't like the next movie tackle venom because that's a whole other thing have this whole movie be with peter in the symbiote and his like at the end his struggle is to get rid of the symbiote 
And then you can have Sandman in there too, like if they wrote him better, of course. But like you can have like other side villains in there. Yeah. And New Goblin. Oh, and that was my point too, because yeah, stupid name. But <laughs> to have Peter dealing with the symbiote thing and the Harry thing for the whole movie, if written better, I think could have been really interesting. Because it's like a friendship rivalry that's amplified with this like symbiote poisoning him. Right. And then, like I said, in in the hypothetical Spider-Man 4, we continue with the Venom story after having a whole movie establishing the symbiote thing and then de- dedicating a whole movie for the Venom side of things. That would I think that would have been a lot smoother. I think the unfortunate reality is that Sony was like, Venom the character. Yeah, I think they wanted Not just the symbiote. Has yeah. to be it. Because I can imagine, like, I can actually imagine them coming back with something like that and Sony being like, no, I don't, we don't even care if you do the symbiote arc. Like, just Venom. Just, just yeah. We literally just need to say that Venom is in this movie. Like, that's the only thing that matters. So, it's just, it's unfortunate. that. You know, is it because they wanted Carnage in the fourth one or something? I don't know. I, I think it's just because, like, Venom has this reputation for being such a big Spider-Man villain that they were like, we have to. Like, we can't not do it. But again, it's just Sony not understanding a, a property that they own. Yeah. What's everyone's favorite meme from this? Hold on. I just need to say one thing. The third one? At one point, Harry tells MJ that in the 12th grade, he wrote her a play. And no, he fucking didn't. If this guy was, like, failing out of school, no way. Just saying. Okay. Wait. (laughs) Yes. Okay, no, I guess that 12th grade, yeah, that is high school. So, hypothetically, yeah, he wouldn't have had to know her from long before. Not it wouldn't her. have had to be old. But so he knew her for like a few months and wrote her a play. Yeah. yeah, so that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I gotta think about what my favorite meme from the third one is. I mean, this one's all memes, so... It's not my favorite meme, but I like when Eddie is the cab driver. Oh my god. And he says, so where to and then he just turns into venom i guess and like venom hands her and it's like what oh oh wait <laughs> harry eating pie and she oh, says how's yeah. the pie oh, of course and harry goes mm, it's so good and then no, they you, cut hear, back. you hear the clink of the fork in his teeth and it's yeah so and they cut back outside and harry just gives peter a wink the bus goes by oh and he's God. gone i think that might be like my favorite thing in this whole i movie. think that's my favorite too <laughs> yeah that one's great because like he obviously just ducked under the table yeah for effect like he doesn't have a power where he's super fast or can disappear or anything like what would he think peter thought happened <laughs> i'm just imagining peter like walking back into the restaurant and jerry's just, just like going up to the window looking down yeah what are you doing it's so fucking weird <laughs> if i had to pick a favorite it's probably when He's trying to call Mary Jane back, and Ditkovich is staying there with an orange. He's like, orange? <laughs> and then uh, it was it's after the door scene where he's yelling at them, yelling yeah. at the door. Um, he's like, sorry about last night. And he's like, if you feel that bad about it, you can buy me pizza sometime. <laughs> that was good. And then he, he's talking about how he can't make up with, like, he's trying to make up with MJ and Ken. And he's like, if it is a woman you are talking, <laughs> just say, you are a good woman. I am good man. <laughs> and then he ends there. He's like, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. I love Dickovich. Carol, I know you've only seen it once, but were there any standout points? I think any any side bang dance scene is, you know, can't beat that. I loved the finger yeah. guns. Um, 
that is on replay in my head, unfortunately. Um, uh, oh my god, we didn't talk about in detail for this film the freaking French um, maitre d. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good. That scene, scene in yeah. general killed me about how like. Yeah. He walked up and he's like, it's a French restaurant. You don't speak French. As if every person who's ever gone to a French restaurant is fluent in French. And then, like Marco said, that I am French. Yeah. Like, oh like that whole... I am French, yeah. All and of the best performances... Pecker. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> all of the best performances in these movies are the, like, super minor side characters. Yeah, comedy ones. Yeah. And I like when he's rehearsing the scene before MJ gets there, he's like, like, because he's, like, planning to put the the ring on the bottom of the glass. He's like, how'd that get in there? <laughs> he's so dumb. He's so clueless. Oh, something that is a line that, like, I quote all the time. That I don't even know if it's funny, but it's just when Peter says, you're trash, Brock. Oh, yeah. I My, my siblings and I say that to each other constantly. Like, if someone messes something up, it's just always, you're trash, Brock. Like, I don't know why, but that line is... You want forgiveness? Get religion. And then he goes to church. <laughs> then he goes to church. It's all, ah, it's all yeah. genius. Parker, you are such a boy scout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, gosh. Guys, one year. This has been a hearty discussion. <laughs> yeah. I think it only, Carol, glad it only makes sense that our anniversary episode is, you know, one of the longer ones. I feel like it's more true to form yeah. at this point for us. It shows our progression. We talked about all of the Lord of the Rings in like an hour and a half. And How now one that? single no, film will have us talking for like four hours. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to revisit. I don't, I don't know if we've said this yet on recording, but we are planning to eventually yes. revisit the Lord of the Rings. It's on our radar. <laughs> have, a, have a more hearty discussion on that. Yeah. I'm gonna. I I was told I'll watch the extended ones, and we'll tie that yes. into the conversation. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again for anyone who like whether you've been in the audience the whole time or whether you're a newcomer. We appreciate it very much. And like I said in the intro, we just enjoy doing this anyway. So we're something podcasters ourselves. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of new fans because this is a Sam Raimi Spider-Man thing. You know, it's so big on the internet, so I'm sure people are gonna listen to this. <laughs> I hope they're not expecting like a <laughs> like a professional analysis no. of each of the films. I think we did. That. <laughs> I think we did more than most. I think most people that talk about these movies are either like they're dumb or are like these are the best movies of all time, and it's like no, you know, they're fun. They're just fun. Oh, they are very fun. Like they I are... love continuing to watch this series for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm glad they exist. This is this is like this is up there with the prequel trilogy in terms of like meme rewatchable yes. things. Like Star Wars I would say prequel. I think they're better. Yeah, okay. yeah, Star Wars prequel. I think they're better in quality than the Star Wars prequels, but like in terms yeah. of, but I know what you yes. mean in terms of like. They're just enjoyable. You know what I mean? You just put them on and you're like, ah, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by things that I, I know every line of dialogue, oh, like, yeah. backwards and forwards. Like, you could, make, you could make a flip book of all the memes and just recreate the movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we should probably say, like, because when this episode is coming out, like, Carol's on vacation and then I'm going to be on vacation. So I don't... Oh, yeah. There might be a little bit of a hiatus after this episode. I think we've earned it. Yeah, I think we, we have like two, two in the can, also, or we'll have two in the can if you include this one. 
but we'll probably yeah. need a week or two. But then I'm going to be in the same city as the other two hosts. Ooh. So we'll also hopefully nice. backlog some episodes then. So our schedule yeah, might yeah, be all over the place. But, but also, some good stuff's this coming. Episode, <laughs> stuff's coming. Yeah. But also this episode is coming out, I think, only one week after the previous episode. So it's kind of like that one's ahead. So there might be a little bit of a delay afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're going to record with Karis in town. But I would say, I mean, we might we might as well, maybe we can talk about the Dark Knight trilogy when Carol's in town. Because I feel like that would be a good one for us to be in person Ooh, and talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can do that. But, and that was know. almost our choice for this episode. So. Yeah. Fun fact, we were literally going to do the Dark Knight trilogy. And then I said, guys, what if we do the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy? And then yeah, that is fact. They know. They, like, yeah. that, was, that was what the intro yeah. was for. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's it right. It is that's based right. on a real conversation. It's not a lie. Based oh. on true events. <laughs> yes, the intro, uh, that was an actual candid uh, recording of our conversations after. Yeah, it definitely wasn't scripted. And <laughs> oh no, I just took it from the recording. Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for a great year. Excited for Thanks many for more. Woo! See Woo-hoo. you next time. <laughs> Hear you next time. Hear you next time.